The following presentation would probably be better to listen to as opposed to watching on YouTube because our guest didn't have a webcam. To make up for this, the video version has a large number of pictures related to the guest trip to Japan. It's a pretty great episode. Either way you choose to consume it, enjoy the show. Story time with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. That would make me Mike. Hey, Mike. The buddy. Know, we have my nephew Ben here tonight. Yeah. Hello, Ben. Hi, he's my nephew too. He's he, he's he's everybody's nephew. Uh, that means you're yeah. everybody. One way uncle. or another. I mean, Genghis Khan, man. Yeah, that's a good point. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord's eyes. Or in Genghis Khan's seed. True. Something yeah. something like that. Anyway. Yes. Man, there was a, a podcast by uh, uh, guy named Khan. Dan Carlin, <laughs> this guy named Dan Carlin called Hardcore History. He did a five part, each episode was like two and a half hours, a five part extravaganza on the cons. It was amazing. And one of the things that stuck out to me most was when uh Genghis Khan was born when he came out of the uterus. He had a knuckle bone sized clot of blood in his hand, which was supposed to be like some kind of um, like omen that he'd be a great and powerful man. So who knows if that's true, but it sort of sticks with you. I was expecting you to say that he had like swords or something or rode out on a horse <laughs> <laughs> you know people say it's not that, that anything is possible and those people have never tried to give birth to a man riding a horse <laughs> speaking of giving birth my friend austin he watched a video of a woman giving birth in health class today and it traumatized him <laughs> he walks in a, a room at lunch and he's like i don't want to talk about it <laughs> it is. I on a, the bus today. Uh, I was like, "Hey, Austin, when you go home, are you gonna watch Jason Bourne tonight?" He's like, "Ah." It it is an experience, man. But when it's your own children, uh, it's a beautiful thing. When it's somebody else's children, it's You're like, Ugh. yeah, it's kind of yipes. Well, it's you certainly know. not something you want to sit in a room full of your your fellow students and and watch. I mean, I've rubbed yeah. one out to those videos before, but it's 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 a tough sell sometimes. <laughs> Isn't that technically child porn? <laughs> oh. I, no, no, no. I see. I, I. Oh, that's that's a good point. I don't even have an answer to that. Damn. <laughs> you thought you stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, he bamboozled <laughs> you. He bamboozled you, dude. I was that gonna was... say, is it still child porn if the head's only crowning? I don't know. It's <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> yeah, this part's getting cut. Holy <laughs> shit. No, you, I don't can, know. you cannot cut this. I don't this, know dude. That okay. that funny. <laughs> That's great. <sighs> oh, man. Well, we're already going there. It's been like, what, three minutes? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's it, how we roll. You know, it doesn't take long. No, that's how we roll. Um, so I was telling Ben. Uh, this uh, yesterday, I went to down to DC. Uh, are you familiar with Ben Schwartz? No. Guy from uh, Parks and Rec. He played John Ralphio. Perhaps if I saw the dude, if I would know. If I showed know. you yeah. a picture of him, you'd know who I'm talking about. Anyways, you you were there with him? No, I, I was. Well, no. I went down with uh, my wife and my sister-in-law, and we went 
we, 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 uh, it was like an improv show. So he like spent about 15 minutes talking to people in the audience, sort of getting like a story, like some details from people's stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then from that, he and uh, three other uh, actor, like improv comedians put on a good 45 to hour and a half long show based on just the details that they got. Wow. And it was, it was really good. I mean, it was excellent. They were flawless. And uh, I mean, I, I actually have to say, I went to bed last night thinking I need to dip into stand-up comedy again because, I mean, I, I really have always wanted to do it and I think it'd be a lot of fun, you know? Oh, and, and a man a man came on the subway singing loudly, singing, because I got high, because I got high. And then he tried <laughs> to sell me something. And I don't know what it was he was selling. He said, $5 a bag. I'm like, I'm good, man. <laughs> it is... <laughs> It is not possible to visit like uh, any, I think any city's metro system without encountering a raving maniac somewhere along the line. It's I just, have never been on any kind of metro anywhere ever. Really? Yeah. Really? It's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's part of the DC experience. I'm surprised yeah. you've never been, you know, on any, have you been down to DC anytime recently? Mm, no. No. Oh man, we gotta go. We I've gotta been go. there before a few times, but yeah, not not like recently. No, Ben, I know you would love it. The uh, museums out there are, are absolutely amazing. They've I got think a... I've been to DC before. Have you? Yeah, when I was a kid. Okay, I was visiting my uh, my grandma on my dad's side. Oh right, right. Um, yeah, she lives around there. Um, wouldn't that be Tom's? No, my brother. No, he's my half brother. <laughs> Same right, dad, right, different, right, different right, right, yep. right. Yep. I always mess that up. <sighs> How to segue into this? Um, <laughs> uh, I have a good segue. We're talking there about you go. metros or trains. I yeah. rode a they like the Japanese subway when I was in Japan. Uh, it's very much more mellow, a lot more crowded, but a lot of people just yeah, like don't they like shoehorn people on Nobody there? Nobody wants shit. to talk to. Yeah, like if you're on like a, it's not a bullet train. But, um, it was just some some train, right? But you get on it, and everybody is just like, there's no people talking to each other. Everybody is just, there's people going to or coming home from work, and everybody is just silent. There's no there's no crazy people on the train because they don't <laughs> they don't fuck with that kind of stuff. Well, the, the bad thing is, even if there was a crazy person, nobody could move around enough to get to them, you know, or to <laughs> have them do anything. You're like, they're doing something crazy. You can't even to be see. Fair, it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised. I, I should be surprised. There'd be a lot of weird stuff going on in Japan, but it's also a lot more mellow than you think. Like Japanese cities like Tokyo, <laughs> like the bigger Japanese cities don't have nearly as many weirdos or crackhead kind of people as American cities. Yeah, Methany's not as common. Yeah. Hi, I'm drugs Crystal. in general. Hi, y'all. My name's Crystal Methany. I just want to invite y'all to come out to my... <laughs> I'm Lolita and this is Tanker, right? <laughs> <laughs> From Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's talk about Japan, Ben, because uh, you spent, what, two weeks there this summer uh, about that 10 days i went in june it was a school tour uh there were kids from my school and some other school um and a lot of them were actually seniors that had already graduated at that point 
Uh, I was an incoming senior. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try and give try my hardest to give the absolute like Spark Notes version of this mm -hmm. trip. So we left on the fifth. Uh, the fifth was pretty much just a plane ride, like fifth our time, because we were going there on the fifth American time, but we got there on the sixth Japanese time at like 3 p.m. It was like a 10 hour flight. Wow. Uh, I watched the new Ant-Man and the new Creed and they're great airplane movies, ho-hum theater movies, but you know. Uh, not, not something to go to the theater for. Yeah. Something uh, to take uh, a flight to Japan to see though. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It'll, it'll definitely heighten it because like, I'm going to Japan. I'm watching a movie on a plane. I don't. I don't give a shit. And anything is good right now. Um, did, did you sleep on the plane at all? I attempted to on the way there and on the way back. I kept trying to fall asleep, but I just could not. I cannot sleep on planes. I, I don't understand it. how anyone is able to do it. Yeah, I really don't. It's my anxiety on planes is like a on a scale of one to ten, like a thirty-five billion. So I don't sleep on planes either. It's not even anxiety. I really don't care. Like it, it's not. I'm totally fine with being on a plane. It's just something about it. Like the environment is just not. Yeah, it's just an intensely uncomfortable environment. It's stuffy. Because yeah, you're sitting up straight in a like uncomfortable chair. But just comfortable enough to just like chill, I guess. You're elbow to elbow with strangers usually. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's the air is recycled. It's so loud. It's loud. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, it's just overall, I have never been able to sleep on a flight, and I've tried many times because there's nothing I hate more than sitting and doing nothing for five hours. Or 10 hours in your case, Ben. So, yeah, you know, I'm like, there's only so many movies you can watch. I, and there's I only... had stuff to do. Like, I had the movies. I brought my DS. I was playing uh, Kingdom Hearts and Sonic Rush. Um, and I was listening to podcasts and music a lot. But other than that, you know, not really that much to do. So... There's only so much of that kind of thing that you can do, though. You know what I mean? Like, there's only yeah. so many podcasts you can listen to. Where you're just like, I'm done with input. I want some <laughs> blank time, just oblivion for like 50, you know, maybe an hour. <laughs> you know, anything to break away from the monotony of this. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I have the worst attention span these days. I can't sit. And, I don't know how to relax. That's my problem. I, I always have to be doing something. So I can't sit and watch a movie. It's really hard for me. And it's something I've been struggling with for the last couple of years. It's annoying. But anyway. I've had the opposite problem where I can't find a way to do anything but that. Hmm. <laughs> So, you know, what? Like I, I just come home when I know like, I, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do that I should be doing. But I just like I'm so exhausted. I don't care. I just want to sit on my computer and watch YouTube all day. You know, I am a firm believer that you go through cycles creatively where you, you, you put out a lot of content and then you go through a period where you have to absorb a lot of content. You know, it's just it's a cycle, yeah. you know, it's it's and in my case, there's a point where like. Am I kind of sick of it? Because I'm not sick of it necessarily. I want to get back into it, but just like, just a fear of it not being good. You know, that fear of not being good has not stopped us for three years. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We are oblivious to that. Um, honestly, dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, failure is your best friend. Failure will teach you so much. 
and you'll come back stronger and you'll reinvent yourself and the next thing you do will be that much better. So and I'm already looking at all my current YouTube videos being like, I, I, I realize that eventually I'm going to get to the point where I listen to that and I'm like, Jesus Christ, what was I thinking? Yeah, you will. Why would I post that? <laughs> you will, for sure. But you'll always do that, man. You'll be yeah. doing that looking at your stuff from when you were 25, when you're 30. And when you're 35, you'll be looking at the stuff from when you're 30 and so on forever. Um, I mean, the only time that doesn't happen is when you start thinking, damn, I'm good, and then not trying to improve, in my opinion. I guess what it's more of is more of like lethargy. Yeah. Just, I Apathy. want to do it, but there's a lot of more stuff that I'd rather do right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to keep putting it off and putting it off, and eventually all these videos are just going to become irrelevant. I'll tell you what, um, at your age, you have time to fuck around. <laughs> you really do. Enjoy it. I'm trying my best to enjoy it because yeah. I know I'm kind of running out of time. Yeah, once you're in college, that changes things. You'll you'll be very very busy. <laughs> yeah, I already then feel you, very very busy. Then you got to adult. And yeah. Start paying taxes and shit. And yeah, yeah. Adulting sucks. Mm -hmm, Mortgages yeah. and shit, man. <laughs> down payments car insurance yeah mm -hmm. gas prices gotta buy fucking food because your parents aren't doing it anymore <laughs> honestly i have to say that that one of the things i missed most about being younger is that someone always just made me dinner <laughs> now it's like shit i gotta cook again what do i'm gonna make i, I don't even have anything fault you know <laughs> Yeah, I can... I'm in that weird existential limbo where like that's still happening to me, but I know that that's about to end like really, really soon. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, it's kind of like a pre-life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> that's the title. That is the title of the episode. Pre-life pre -life crisis. crisis. I love it. Pre-life crisis in Japan. But, well, I mean, that's... At least you aren't going to be completely blindsided by it, you know? You have some yeah. sense that... I mean, when I was your age, I was fucking clueless. I had no idea. I, I, I feel like you, your generation is just damn smart compared to our generation. We were idiots. We had no connectivity I mean, there's parts the of me internet. that went back to differ, but I can well, see where you're coming from. We also had no internet. So it wasn't so much that we were dumb. We were just ignorant to a lot of things. We didn't have access to that information and it it, it kind of made us sort of clueless i guess i mean you know when you think about the movie clueless is like a paramount of our generation and it sort of defines us in a generation in a way it's like you know we, we were all very kind of like ah, i'm mad at the world and i don't know why you know <laughs> <laughs> we're mad at the world we have reasons to you be. have reasons to be exactly you have like a, a a bullet list of reasons why you should be mad yeah yeah so well, tell us so you get so you're on the plane you, you land yeah segueing from that existential nightmare back to <laughs> fun japan times uh we get off the plane it's a day has passed from california time to japanese time um when we get there we end up in tokyo that's where our first hotel was and we went to this little hole in the wall ramen place which is pretty fun um there's a little like kiosk on the wall where you had to pay for your or order your stuff and it was all in japanese and there were a bunch of white girls in front of us that were trying to figure out what it, what it said they were pulling out google translate on their phone we we're like oh my god i can't read it 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what the hotels were like. Were you able to read it, Ben? Uh, no, I don't read. <laughs> no. All right, all right. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> it, we did get our food, but it was through a lot of trial and error. And luckily, they had the, the photos there, so our dumb American asses could be like, that. Point at that. <laughs> you know, what's funny about that is there's a gas station around here that does exactly the same thing, only it's for Americans. <laughs> it's like, it's like it says a, a lot about us, I guess. It does. Everything has a picture, including the condiments. Like, they literally show pictures of every condiment. Ketchup? Oh, there's a little <laughs> thing. It's, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Good food, though. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it does kind of make you wonder who... They were like, we're definitely going to have to put pictures on this shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, like the groundwork was that it was the only place that you could go after the bars let out to get food. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. You know, it's like Denny's. You know, everything on Denny's is a picture of Waffle Huts the same way. Yeah. All the all the big late night haunts. Is Waffle Hut a thing in, in Georgia? Yes, in okay. the South. It's very common. In okay, because like Waffle House, I'm assuming it's oh, the same. Oh, Waffle House. Yes, yeah. the Waffle House. You just remind me of a Patton Oswalt joke where... I wasn't being a smartass. I was, you know, just asking is that a common thing, that's all. Mm-hmm. Go you on. just remind me of a Patton Oswalt joke where he's talking about Denny's now. Everything has a picture because Denny's is the place where you're on the run from the police and you go there at like 3 a.m., and there's like, oh, so much. and the waitress comes over and you're like, yeah, sort of that. And then she just <laughs> takes it and she leaves. Razzle frazzing. Yeah, I anyway. did. I did. You know where I got Waffle Hut from? From uh, the the that movie, uh, that Coen Brothers movie with uh, Tom Hanks in it. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like it's about- in the same complex as Pizza House. <laughs> Pizza House, <laughs> McDolan's, uh, Carl Senior, uh, Burger Hamburger Queen. Monarch. Yeah, Hamburger <laughs> Monarch. <sighs> okay, so back to Japan. All right, the hotel for the first night, I stayed with two guys. One of them, his name is Justin. Very important later on. One of my closest friends on the trip. Uh, and the other guy was some random guy I don't know, but Justin was friends with him. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, somebody knew this guy, right? Like, it was some random cat that was just like, I'm going to sleep with you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, he broke into our fucking hotel room. Just like, oh, little, Woke up with a hobo in bed with you. With you. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to I think we didn't really do much the first day, but the next day, the 7th, um, technically day one, because the first day really wasn't that much going on. This is where stuff really starts really starting. Uh, this is our big tour of Tokyo. So we got to see pretty much everything there all in one day. We got, we saw a pretty cool, like, samurai-ish temple. Uh, really, really cool looking. Uh, I picked up a little katana keychain. Can you cut Can you cut stuff with it? Is it sharp? No, it's very dull. Okay. Yeah. Still works. It'd cool. be, be a fun one to try to get through the uh, airport, airport with, right? Yeah. 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 There were like actual katanas that you could buy at like a bunch of antique shops. We got to um, mail that shit back to yourself or something weird like that, though, probably. Hattori yeah. Hanzo Steel. 
You imagine you, you put it in your luggage and then you see like a couple of baggage handlers that don't have hands. And you're like, <laughs> oh, they were my shit. I knew it. <laughs> the weird thing about this tour was there were a lot of shrines and temples, just shrines and temples over and over again and gift shops because I guess that's all they thought Japan really was. You, you know, city shrine temple gift shop, city shrine temple gift shop. And sometimes you can like change around the order and it's pretty much always the same. <laughs> Eventually we went to a little shopping district, the Harajuku shopping district. Um, and there we went to a Japanese McDonald's, which is a far cry from our McDonald's in that it's pretty much the same, but it's actually good. Mm. Like the establishment is good, like good quality, very clean. And the food is a lot higher quality. Mm. Not much difference in taste, but you know, pretty much the same. McDonald's, I got a double cheeseburger, spicy chicken nuggets. They have a lot of stuff that we don't have over here. Uh, they had spicy chicken nuggets, which is one of them. It's pretty much exactly like chicken nuggets, but they taste slightly hotter and they look a lot oranger. <laughs> That's literally it. But I like spicy, like hot sauce stuff, so they're automatically better chicken nuggets. Mm -hmm. um, then we went to Shibuya, which is a very interesting place. They have that three way intersection where when the light turns green, everybody just walks in a bunch of random directions and there is no cohesion <laughs> at all. And mm. it's so funny because when we were walking, it's just like absolute chaos. Just like, go, go, go. And like, we're trying to stick together and just like, it's absolute madness on that street. Like a couple of people almost got like hit by a car. You know, that's fun. <laughs> I have seen Classic. videos. I have seen videos of that. I don't know if it's Japan, but it's some eastern country where people literally just walk between the cars as they're moving because no one stops for anybody and basically it's if you go too fast you get hit if you go too slow you get hit you just got to keep moving that's terrifying so i don't think it was it wasn't like that though was it, it wasn't quite that crazy was it no it's just like people walking everywhere gotcha uh, we walked uh, around shibuya for a while and Shibuya! then <laughs> we took a bus to we, we took a bus pretty much everywhere uh we went to a hot pot style dinner which was sort of like a buffet but it's one of those things where you go there and you take off your shoes and you go up to this place and it like they have all the food set up there and i think they have it in america they have they have all the food there you can pretty much put all the stuff on your plate like as if you were having dinner at your own house pretty much and the whole floor is like a giant tatami mat that you're almost like sitting inside of the ground to a point. Hmm. Uh, so that was really cool, really fun. Hmm. Yeah. And then after that, Justin and I went to some manga store that was across the street from the hot pot place after everybody was done. We kind of just went there on our own. Uh, didn't pick up anything, but it was cool to just check that kind of stuff out. Uh, they had like Japanese video games and DVDs and all that kind of stuff. It's so funny to see like Japanese copies of like American movies. Like I saw a Japanese version of The Incredibles and just like a bunch of American movies that hmm. might be dubbed into Japanese, but it don't know for sure. The last the last place we were at a uh, district called Akihabara probably completely butchered that, but it was probably the best part of the night because 
we went to this. We stopped. We first of all, we're at this antique shop, which is where we saw the the katanas. And one of my friends there named David. He was like, "I want to get one of those." And you're like, "There's no way you're gonna buy that." And he didn't. But uh, there was a place next door to that antique store where I looked at it and I saw a poster that like looked like it might have been for a video game. I, I didn't know for sure, but I just looked at it and I was like. Something about this place feels like it's beckoning me, <laughs> you know. So, um, there was this girl there who I knew that I didn't really like, but her dad was there, and I did like him because he was really cool. So I ended up hanging out with him a lot of the time. Um, and we went to go check out that arcade, and the girl and her friends went as well, just to be like, "Oh, haha, look at that." And, but I was on a mission, and then he was just kind of like my chaperone. So we went up the escalator, and lo and behold, it's a massive arcade with a bunch of old Japanese games, a lot of which I had never seen before, and half of which must have never come to the United States ever before. I don't even know how many people outside of Japan even know about half the stuff that I saw there.、Hmm. I did see a lot of stuff that I did know, like I saw Ridge Racer. There was Tower of Druaga, old Namco game that I really like,、uh, Pacland, Final Fight, stuff like that. I did play Final Fight for a little while. I'm not good at it, but you know, I'm、fun. terrible at fighting games. Terrible at them. It's not even a fighting game; it's a beat 'em up game. I'm、oh. not super into beat 'em ups, but fighting yeah, those are my jam. I know, I know you're、those. a fighter. I know you're a fighting game guy. You would destroy me. Mike, Mike, and I used to play、uh, Mortal Kombat on the NES or on the Super <laughs> on the Genesis. And he had one move. He would always pick Sub Zero, and he would freeze me, and then he would run over and uppercut me over and over and over again. And, and also do an an eternal leg sweep. Yeah, no, we keep on doing、mean. the leg sweep. That was yeah, how I fought you. I、off. just, I just remember one of us doing that, yeah, because、uh, that was frustrating. I mean, yeah, it was for both of us. <laughs> yeah, the, the old Mortal Kombat games are great because the the move sets are so full of bullshit and everything, and the CPUs that you fight in arcade mode play like total assholes. So you have to play by a, play as an asshole by proxy to, in order to win. You just made me think of an animated、out. asshole fighting on the screen. That would be, you know, like forty dips. Yeah, but there, there's like a limited amount of moves that you can do, but they all are super OP and unbalanced. Like in the first game, as Sub Zero, you can just freeze a guy and then do the leg sweep and just do that over and over again. Yeah, like, same, same, with, same, same with, with the uppercut. Figure, same with the uppercut. Yeah, Mike yeah, figured that out. Mike figured that out. But it's so funny too, because like when you when you sweep the leg or uppercut somebody, the 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 hits. Have so much weight to them, and when you uppercut somebody, it shakes the whole screen. Yeah, and just blood goes everywhere, and it's so funny. That was the literally like the first move I learned was the freezing. The second thing I figured out was the uppercut, and from then on, I don't think. I mean, yes, we played Mortal Kombat、uh, a lot, but I don't think Tom enjoyed it from that moment <laughs> on. Not really. I mean, Not- that game, that game was like、yeah. the Avengers of everything boys thought was cool in the nineties. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it was an amalgamation of a lot of popular culture too. Like Raiden, the character Raiden is directly out of Big Trouble from Little China. Oh yeah, for certain. I、yeah. mean, straight up the straw hat, the lightning, and that was like one of the iconic, cool, crazy, like like villains from a movie from that era. 
you know so i i mean and then they had you know johnny cage and he's clearly like a kick fighter you know like blood yeah, like john claude van damme yeah and i think there's actually a reason for that because little known trivia originally midway or whoever was developing the game uh ed boone and uh the other guy i forget his name um they were they wanted to make a game based on blood sport and mm-hmm. that's what it was supposed to be but that never came to be because i guess they couldn't get the rights so they just made their own uh ip based on the framework of what that blood sport game would have been so i guess johnny cage is what would have been john claude van damme that makes sense and then uh lou king is obviously bruce lee mm-hmm. and all that stuff Mm-hmm. So, did you have to fight your way to the top of this tower of video games, like in a Bruce Lee movie, by any chance? And like fight Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and like other people when you were in Japan? Did that happen? Um, I wish it did. That's one of. The- <laughs> He's like, um, like I got, I got to think of something to say here. This <laughs> <laughs> is ridiculous. What we were we talking about. Yeah, I think it's the Enter the Dragon. I think is the one with that, with that whole thing where he goes through a tower. I think it was Game of Death, actually. Or no, Game of Death. Yes, that's yeah. correct. You are right. I was wrong. Yes, great Game of Death. Game. Great movie. Oh, I, dude, I would watch kung fu movies all day long oh, yeah. if I could. I love that shit. <sighs> <clears throat> anyway, I, th- I think about every time I think about Bruce Lee, I get so sad. Yeah, like he, he, we lost him way too quickly. Yeah. Well, and yeah. and then his son, mm-hmm. the mysterious uh, whole thing with the crow and yeah, yeah, the lead and all that business. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just terrible. Yeah. But back to Japan, my friend. Yet again, there was like the arcade was a lot bigger than we realized, um, because there was a section behind the the whole, whole row of video games that had all the claw machines and yeah every japanese arcade or pretty much any place in japan has claw machines and stuff like that and then behind that was a little section dedicated to rhythm games they had like ddr beat mania some like guitar hero looking thing um so we we're like okay i guess they have a bunch of sections dedicated to different types of games or genres of games um, and there was an escalator that we saw that led to a higher floor. So I took that and we, we go up and it's like this giant, like heavenly scape of fighting games. And I'm just in heaven. They have every, every Street Fighter, every Neo Geo, King of Fighters game, all that stuff. And they had, um, Tekken. there was a game... Yeah, I think there were some Tekkens there, if I remember right. Um, and there was this game that I had wanted to play based on an anime that I like called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, the game's called Last Survivor. It's like a battle royale type game hmm. that for some reason is exclusive to Japanese arcades. And for some reason, they're not pointing it to consoles, even though it totally is made to be a PS4 game. Because the controls on the arcade machine are literally just a PS4 controller. <laughs> um like like buttons like the x square all that kind of buttons and everything but my only way to play it was to go to japan so that was like part of the whole reason why i wanted to go there is just to play this one game <laughs> um, but by complete chance we ended up finding it in like a little corner row of games and i won my first match and that was really fun and then we had to leave because our free time was running out because every so often we, we were going on this sort of strict tour 
but then every now and then we would they would take us to a shopping district to be like okay you have this amount of free time to go literally anywhere in this vicinity and do whatever you want buy whatever you want um so it's, it's really interesting the... it's really interesting that you when we were in, when you came here um that all you wanted was to find an arcade and you had literally had to leave the country to find one <laughs> yeah right? because american arcades suck so much balls uh -huh. i've only found one retro arcade in california that was actually good that i managed to go to and that was a pretty good place that i would go again it was very small but they had a lot of pretty good games like all the 80s games like pac-man donkey kong burger time they had dragon's lair um, it was nice. a little bit old, so it didn't work as well, but they had Tron, Galaga, all that cool shit. And then they also had stuff like Street Fighter 3, uh, Marvel vs. Mm -hmm. Capcom 2, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, and they had switches in the back with Smash Ultimate. So it was a really cool place. It was called Neon Retro Arcade. So nice. if you're in California and like the Burbank area, go check that out. Um, But if you want a real good arcade, of course, go to Japan because the it's much easier to find those types of arcades uh, in my experience. I mean, arcades have evolved so much to the point where like, it's never going to be like it used to be, but no, no. if you're anything like me, if you have any of the type of taste that I talking have. talking like he's 40 some years old. It's never going to be like it used to be when I was a kid. <laughs> but, yeah, well, not like the golden age of arcades that a lot of people grew up with and like Back yeah, when we, got, we got were, to grow up with some pretty decent arcades. Yeah, arcade games were the thing back then. And now, like, you go to an American, like, quote-unquote arcade, and it's just sad. It's just a bunch of ticket machines and claw machines. Dance and, like, Dance Revolution, mobile probably. games that have been turned into arcade games, like Fruit Ninja. Why does Fruit Ninja need to be an arcade game? <laughs> Why does Doodle Jump need to be an arcade game? Don't have an answer They're to that. They're for free. Download them on your phone. Yeah. And they... You know, kind of suck now. Yeah, they're not yeah. even really that good. Yeah, know? like fucking yeah. Candy Crush in an arcade. <laughs> Are you kidding yeah, me? That's probably a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you have to sign in with your little account so that you can do the microtransactions. <laughs> so it can be even more frustrating. A credit card. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to go in there with a a, a, a couple twenties, and you yeah. go up to a little thing, you dump the twenty in the machine, and a Gives you a bunch of quarters and then you walk around with a big uncomfortable hawking bag or, or pocket full of quarters and you spend every damn last one of them before you go on you move on yeah that's how, that's how it's going to be that's even when you're down for. to one and you try like the log flume coin thing where you got to drop it down and the log pushes the quarters and you're like i has my last quarter but uh, i wanted to make sure i spent it yeah it was a you know. great gateway drug into gambling um, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty much Thanks. but it yeah. is like that in japan where you just put a coin in and you just go um for the most part like new games they still have the cars i think new games still do that but pretty much all you have to do is just put in a 100 yen coin which is pretty much their equivalent of quarters and, and you're set you're just playing and it's just that easy and that's that's what we're missing you know yeah if you don't um, mind a 10-hour flight and everything yeah you can go game in japan Hey man, for ten yeah. days, even for like three days, the amount of stuff that I did in one day, for that, the ten hour flight was worth it to me. Hmm. Um, but after the arcade, we went next door to a, a Japanese toy store where they have a lot of Japanese action figures, which 
Japanese action figures are legit. They have their act together on a insane level. Um, I picked up a SH Figure Arts. That's a top of the line figure line. Um, I got a figure of Goku from Dragon Ball, uh, base form Goku. He's sitting on my uh, my bookshelf right now at the top with all my figures oh, yeah, that I, can I like see him. collecting and posing. <laughs> yeah, you can see him in my. I'm imagining. That I don't have. Hold on. Okay. And it's to the right of me, so you couldn't see it, even if, <laughs> even if you had the webcam. Um, but yeah, that was a great night. Great introduction to Japan, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, day two, the eighth, um, we went to Tokyo Disneyland. Um, we took the train there um, around nine o'clock, um, and I went with david another important person like david and justin are the people that i think i think i spend the most time with and this other girl that was with us and that was basically my group like those two people for the majority of it um we spent a while we're walking around the park um seeing what rides there were and for the most part it's pretty basically the same as california disneyland but like they have certain things and they don't have certain things like they're missing the Matterhorn. Um, they don't have the star Wars land or anything like that. And then they have a couple of exclusive rides. that are just kind of whatever, like they have a monsters Inc ride and uh, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh ride. I don't know why they have the exclusive Winnie the Pooh ride, but it's surprisingly good for so some I reason. Go with that instead of star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> they have star tours. Winnie the Pooh world. 100 acre wood it's not even a world it's just one ride and there's a there's a little store next to where you, you can buy a bunch of Winnie the Pooh stuff and I did buy a little Pooh plushie for my mom um there were a lot of popcorn stands he bought around it there too for his mom mm -hmm. yeah yeah I know it's I know it's sitting on your bed right now it's okay man we all have those things uh no it's actually in a jar but we don't talk about that <laughs> uh, <laughs> Okay. For some reason, there was a lot of popcorn there. Like, I guess J Japanese people are really into popcorn and stuff like that, but it's not normal popcorn. It's all really weird popcorn, like in the Winnie the Pooh area, I guess you could call it. Like, near the ride in that store, there was a little booth where you get honey popcorn. Like, popcorn just covered in, like, a honey glaze. Mm. And David got a big thing of that in this big Winnie the Pooh-shaped container. And he's just <laughs> munching on them. And he's like, these are good. You want some? And I'm like, I'm good, man. You have your weird popcorn. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, for some reason, the lines were also really short compared to American Disneyland. Uh, there were a couple of pretty long lines here and there, but for the most part, it was pretty fast. Um, we went to the teacups. Um, went extremely fast. Like a speed I didn't know you could go. <laughs> because I don't think my parents ever let me go that fast. Because like, as a kid, you know, they didn't want me to like throw up or something. And then as I got older, they were like, my mom, like, I couldn't handle this. I'm like, don't go too fast. I'm going to, I'm like, I go from the one that might get sick to them getting sick. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you'll, and eventually you'll get on the other line of, of that curve somewhere in your late 30s, early 40s, where you'll be like, yeah, I can't handle the rides anymore. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it's you get you get like a bell curve of about maybe 20 25 years where you can really dig on on amusement parks 
if you're lucky. Enjoy I'm not even that big it. on amusement parks. Like, I like amusement parks, but I just don't like roller coasters that much. At the thing, there's only one roller coaster I really like. That, that that's at Hershey Park is this one that it's like a, a forced like launch style, and it goes about. I do seven, like those. Yeah, and it goes like 70 miles an hour. It's so smooth that you don't really feel like you're on a roller coaster. It's just like flying, and it's just. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, but... the more I think about it, I think I really do like roller coasters. I just don't realize it. <laughs> um, because I, I like the Incredicoaster at uh, California Adventure. I don't think you guys have that, but no. that's... They used to call it California Screaming, and then they made it Incredible Steamed for some reason. Um, and Universal has Revenge of the Mummy, and I really like that. Um space mountain stuff like that mm -hmm. so the limb powered launches are a lot more fun yeah yeah i enjoy those um when we were walking out of the teacups there i took a photo of this guy um he was in a winnie the pooh costume and he was like kneeling down on this winnie the pooh blanket with a bunch of winnie the pooh merchandise surrounding him and it was just such an absurd spectacle that i couldn't not just like stand there and just soak it in for a little <laughs> bit yeah the moral of the story there is i guess is japanese people really fucking love winnie the pooh so that's self-evident i'm a I guess. curious george guy myself but i get it you know i like curious george that was i for, i forgot about him for the longest time but he just like popped into my head like a couple days ago <laughs> dude dude got high on ether and then <laughs> and then painted painted up a room to look like a jungle, if I remember correctly. I, <laughs> and it pissed off the man in the yellow hat. Yeah, he's a little terrorist. He was. Other than all that, not really that much to say about Disneyland. No, really fun, but not the main highlight of the trip. Right. Um, day nine, or June 9th, um, day three, more like it. Um, we went... Our last day in Tokyo, we had to pack an overnight bag that night because we weren't going to have our suitcases until tomorrow night because they were getting transferred to another hotel and we were going to this other hotel in the meantime while they prepared for that. Um, so we left our hotel that morning and we left for this place called Kamakura. Um, we stopped at a Buddhist shrine not too far from Tokyo where I got a good luck charm for my dad as a Father's Day present. And then... We had a little bit of free time to get lunch and all that. We come went to a sushi come restaurant. Come 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 <laughs> all right, sorry. Sorry. Uh, we, we got some sushi. It was pretty fun. And then we got on the bus and we drove through Kamakura. We drove past some beaches, which is pretty cool. Then we stopped another temple um, where we got some ice cream at a vending machine. God, I thought you They're... just said you got the ice cream at the temple. I was like, that's that's interesting. <laughs> well, technically I did. I, mean, I, I It's like a quest where like you, you go into the temple and you find it at the end of the level. <laughs> Sacred ice cream in the center of the temple. You have to fight a boss and he drops it. <laughs> yeah. It gives you like a giant 50 extra monk. HP. <laughs> yeah. Japan is really big on vending machines. Like you'll be able to find vending machines for pretty much anything. Um, and they had an ice cream vending machine there, and I got a little chocolate thing. Um, around 6, we eventually got to our hotel, which was the most unique hotel on the trip. 
Um, it was this little place where we slept on tatami mats and we wore these things called yukatas, which are basically like Japanese robes. Um, yukatas are for men and then kimonos are the female equivalent. Ah. Um, so they forced you to wear them like you had no choice? It's not that you were forced. Like, you, we just got them. You can wear them if you want to. Like, it's recommended that you wear them for the full experience. Ah, but very I didn't know how to properly tie mine, so sure. I just didn't bother. <laughs> you better put that on. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm picturing Odd Job for some reason. From, uh... <laughs> He's gonna throw his hat at you if you didn't yeah. put your uh, male kimono on. I'm just thinking the Japanese guy from that one John Panay joke. It was like, "Oi, big boy, you put on yukata." <laughs> 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 so you're in your yukata you're chilling your tatami yeah. mat is that how uh, it's yeah. pronounced yeah it's uh i think most japanese traditional houses are like that where the floor is a tatami mat and you just sleep on the floor pretty much they don't really have beds there if they have beds it's usually at a american hotel it's like a dumb american thing i guess um, i went with four other people david was there and then these guys named nathan abdul and miko um our room was super big. It was like a little suite um, with two bathrooms. And they had these really weird looking bathtubs that were like in the ground pretty much. And they were like really grungy. Like I have a photo of it on my Instagram as well. I called it like a liminal space bathroom because <laughs> that's what it looked like. Um, so we dropped everything off at our room and then we went to dinner on... We went to some nearby building and there was this little place on one of the top floors of that building and we went up the elevator the the bottom floor was like this sort of high-end classy looking place and then you go up the elevator and at the top floor it looks like you're in a hospital and you're just walking past this weird hallway and then eventually you take a left and there's this little like office room with these two long tables where we ate our dinner it was another buffet-style thing, but all the food was already on the table. Um, I sat next to Justin and some of his friends from Valencia, because that's a school that he went to. Um, there was a lot of really weird stuff on the table, and they were like going immediately for that. Like There was this little pink ball thing with white spots on it that one person ate, and he was like, Guys, this is really good. You should try this. And everybody was looking at it like, uh, I don't want to. And then what, I think Justin ate it and he was, like started gagging on it. <laughs> he was I like, just, you're lying. I didn't realize it was food stuff that was just sitting around. Like, And I thought, I just pictured somebody walking up and there's like just random shit. And I was like, I'm going to fucking eat it. Why not? <laughs> That's kind of what I felt like. Here's like a rubber pink ball. I'm going to throw it in my mouth and eat it. it you you wouldn't be able to distinguish it from food. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nathan, one of the other guys that was in our hotel room, another really funny guy. This guy just went around all the tables just asking for everyone's ginger. Like, there, every table had a little, tiny little plate of ginger on them. And then Nathan was walking around. He went up to people asking, like, can I have your ginger? Are you going to eat that? So they give it to him. And then he just goes around the, he just makes his rounds around the table. He's like, are you going to eat that? Are you going to eat that? He starts hoarding all this ginger. And then when he got enough ginger, he just 
started eating the entire stockpile really quickly. And we're Justin and I are just kind of looking at him like, is this like, is this gonna mess mess him up or something? We're like, there has to be some sort of side effects to this. <laughs> and then Justin looks it up, and he's like, side effects of eating too much ginger. And he got results like diarrhea, excessive gas. <laughs> and we're like, oh, fuck. I have to room with that guy. Yep. He's going to be in our bathroom doing that. <laughs> and then after he eats this giant thing of ginger, he goes and does it again. He asks for everybody else's ginger on the other table. <laughs> I think they had to stop him. Is your friend okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like like like, like what guys to... i think the chaperone had to like stop him from eating all the from eating all the ginger like okay you've had enough is he doing it was he doing it to be funny or was he doing it because he genuinely just wanted a lot of ginger i feel like it's a mixture of both like i feel like he's the kind of person to be like sort of intentionally unintentionally funny or like he kind of realizes to a point how amusing it is but he also genuinely just doesn't care mm -hmm. like that just is like aloof sort of nature sure i can respect that after dinner we stopped at a like a convenience store called family mart uh, another thing they're big on in japan convenience stores they have a bunch of family marts uh osin's a lot of 7-elevens uh 7-eleven is actually a pretty big thing there and like hmm. stuff like that um we bought an uno deck there because we were planning on having an, having Justin come over to our room to play Uno with us for a little bit. Um, but a couple of other people heard about this. So they were like, oh, Uno party? I'm coming over, bro. And so for some reason, everyone on our floor was just coming out. And they were all just hanging out around. Um, like all the guys and all the girls that were on our floor just kind of like flocked like a door outside of our hotel room. And then we were all just like hanging out there for a little bit until our chaperone on that floor started yelling at us from like outside. We we couldn't like see her, but we could hear her. And she was going, everybody in your rooms right now, if you do not go to sleep, I will not hesitate to send you home. And the moment Justin hears her voice, he just fucking bolts into our room. And then we're just kind of looking at him like, uh, uh, okay, just go inside, go inside. I would love to hear the logistics of how she intended to send you home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know how exactly that would have gone down, but we didn't want to fuck around and find out. Yeah. I'm going to go book a flight right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, actually, I don't. I mean, it probably was all talk, but we didn't want to test her. Yeah. Um, we all ran into our room, including Justin. You know, he wasn't supposed to be with us. And we were all panicking, panicking a little bit. Like, what the hell are we going to do? Like, should we let him sleep here? Or are they going to notice something's up? Are they going to do room checks? Uh, but we can't send him out if he's not supposed to be here because, like, she's going to yell at him again and be like, you're not where you're supposed to be. So in the meantime, we don't realize this, but we look over and we see Justin open the window, climb out of it, climb across the building like fucking Spider-Man and climb into his room. And you can hear like screaming from the other side of the room like they're playing smash on the switch or something like that and then justin just spawns in and they're like what the hell and how high up what were you like three floors that's high enough definitely enough to kill you yeah enough to put him to the hospital enough to be absolutely terrifying as well 
Yeah, and enough wow. to leave us all just kind of watching him wide-eyed and wide-mouthed. And, like, David is looking at us, and we're we're all just kind of like, don't mention this to anyone. Oh, yeah, man. You don't <laughs> want to tell anybody involved yeah. about I mean, that. it was our little secret. Like, we all kind of knew well, about it, was. it silently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just I mean, as such and such at 605 said, All I said is his name is Justin. He probably knows who he is, but it's not like he's going to be listening to this. Uh, we'll just narrow that shit down from the millions of Justins in the world to figure it out. Yeah, Justin and David are not the most, like, not the most uncommon names. It'd be hard for somebody to track down exactly who that is. Yeah, I just have to find out who was in Japan on a certain day. You know, makes it a little easier. Yeah, there's. I'm just kidding. I, I really, I, yeah. I wouldn't do that if uh, if you paid me. I don't. Plus, I don't it care. narrows it down to like 150,000 people, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a lot of people named Justin in this country. All, all I, I want to say about them is their first names. I'm not going to go any further about their identity or anything like that, just to protect them. I feel like Justin is going to be either in jail or dead by the time he's 25. Or an amazing stunt coordinator. Justin was surprisingly a pretty laid-back guy. He was on the swim team. M maybe a SEAL or something like that? I mean, yeah. these are skills that are, you know, wide-ranging. Like, if you're not afraid to climb out of a fucking window, even if it's on the third floor or the hundredth floor, I don't care. You know, it might as well be the hundredth floor to me, because I don't like heights. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, you he just got, did not. You've care. got some. You got some nerve, kid. He, yeah, he was one of the most fearless people I I knew, honestly. Man, I miss these people. I want to see them again. I, I did actually try and well. contact. I did actually try and ask the WhatsApp group that I was in with these people. Be like, hey man, hey guys, it's been a while. Who wants to hang out again? I have like a Japan reunion, and then I get a text from Nathan that just says, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, let's hang out. And I'm like, okay, when? And then I never get a response, so I'm just like, bruh. Well, you'll have that once in a while, unfortunately. Not everyone's a great communicator. We did actually play Uno before there. Like, when Justin did come over, it was just the six of us, and we were playing Uno, and we were having fun. Um, for some reason, Nathan, uh, he was just in his underwear, and he just refused <laughs> to put clothes on. And we were just screaming at him, like, put some clothes on. He's walking around the room being like, there's no towels in the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Put on the pants. I think anybody who's ever gone on a class trip always has a story about one kid that did something weird like that. Mm -hmm. Like, walked around in his underwear, did the something whole trip, somewhere. The whole trip felt you know. like a John Hughes movie. <laughs> it was really fun. That means it was a good trip, yeah. Yeah, it was like the Breakfast Club in Japan, pretty much. Was there uh -huh. a... A plucky scene where you all danced. <laughs> um, there was a plucky karaoke scene, but that's at the very end, and that's my favorite part. So we'll, we'll get to like, that. Who knew we were all professional dancers? <laughs> when it was just the five of us, when we were whittled down after Justin did his big stunt, um, we were we played another game of Uno, and then uh, we were playing like Kill Fuck Mary. We're talking about like girls that we knew and liked. We're having that little bro talk about girls, you know. And then Nathan and Abdul were having this like infinite arm wrestling contest where there was no set winner. They just kept arm wrestling each other and they just would not stop. They spent like an entire half hour 
And like when we were trying to fall asleep, they were still going at it. Sounds like they just wanted to hold hands, and then we're looking for an excuse for it. Yeah, maybe. Oh, uh-huh. good. Yeah, nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Yeah. Uh, that's all there really was to day three. Day four, um, we woke up a bit early. I uh, went to a buffet for breakfast. The same building we had dinner at last night, but on the bottom floor next to the lobby. Um, and I sat with the the group from last night, David, Justin, Nathan, all those guys. And we were kind of just like looking at each other like, we know what happened last night, right? Like, we're just going to keep that to ourselves, right? <laughs> so what is a Japanese buffet, a breakfast buffet in jail? Yeah. I am very curious about that. Basically, whatever you can imagine a uh, American breakfast buffet being, it's pretty much just that, but with different food. Like okay. that's, um, after like, there's not much interesting for me to really say about that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's different. Because you're like, it's just like the American version, but with different food. <laughs> so it's not just like, like, did they have sausage and eggs and pancakes and waffles? They had eggs. And- I, they don't really have a lot of American stuff. They had eggs, I think, and they had, um, they had some sort of cereal. Um, but a lot of it was just like they had fresh fruit. I think they had um, some random Japanese breakfast type stuff. I don't know. I don't, I didn't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. I was just more in it for the sightseeing and the socialization. I get it. Uh, After breakfast, we got on the bus and we drove to a nearby park where we could go see Mount Fuji. Um, We took a cable car up to this giant mountaintop where we could get a really good view of it. And that was really cool. Again, photos on my Instagram. You can put that on the screen right now. Super picturesque. Just absolutely amazing and breathtaking. Um, literally breathtaking because it was super high up and we were getting a little bit winded. Um, but after that, we had some more free time for lunch and shopping at that little area. Uh, I went with the, the girl and her dad to a restaurant where we got some chicken. Um, we walked around some shops where I didn't really buy anything in. Um, I didn't really buy anything other than those first two days because i didn't have that much space in my my bags or anything and i also didn't really see anything that i had that much of a burning desire to buy so you know <laughs> you, you go to enough of these gift shops you just see the same things over and over again so i mean you described a lot of things that sound like florida to me like <laughs> to a, you know to like like there's a florida there's a drugstore a souvenir like a walgreens a souvenir shop and like um, you know, like a supermarket on every freaking block when you're down there. Yeah, on and paper it's like not too a lot of the shit America. is the same stuff over and over. But there was a place that sold stuffed rattlesnakes, which I was I was fascinated by. I wanted to buy one, but uh, I didn't. Hmm. Yeah, I was afraid to get broken before we got home. Um, then we got on a ferry. We took a little cruise across a lake, and then we got back on the bus, started driving to the train station. Um, at the train station, we stopped at a manga store for a little while. Uh, saw a lot of cool stuff, but again, didn't buy any of it. Um, which is pretty much just because, you know, I can't read it. So why would I buy it? <laughs> if I'm buying like manga or comic books, I would want to actually read it. That's, and there's that a lot of like cool a pretty, stuff that I wouldn't, pretty legitimate I wouldn't be able thing. to get some yeah. of that stuff really anywhere else, but I could have it just to say that I have it. But it would feel like a waste of space and waste of money to me, honestly. Like, if I want like a rare JoJo manga, like I want to actually read it and read the story. I don't want to just 
say that I have it just to have it, which to a point that's still cool, but you know, you gotta do something with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, mag or comic books and stuff don't have subtitles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we took a bullet train to Kyoto. Um, there were three different like classes of bullet trains, um, ranged from like slowest to fastest. Apparently, the one we took that day to Kyoto was the slowest, but it still went upwards of like 400 miles per hour. So, you know, wow, I don't know. The fastest you blink and you're there. Yeah. (laughs) So for that to be considered slow is a little funny to me. Yeah. The fast one, you get there before you arrive. Uh, You arrive before you left. (laughs) Yeah. Before you left. (laughs) You step in and they're like, we're here. And like, what? After the train ride, we stopped at a grocery store at the other train station where we all bought some stuff. I bought some chocolate chip cookies for, like, no reason, just, like, an impulse buy. And, like, why not? I might have this in the hotel room later tonight. Um, When we got to our hotel, we had another buffet-style dinner. A lot of those buffet dinners were, you know, just, like, we're not going to bother taking you to restaurants because that's too much work. So just go to a buffet, get your own damn food. Pretty much. <laughs> but it was cool because the buffet was actually in the hotel itself, like in the lobby, and it was right next to the entrance pretty much. Like you walk in there and to the left of it is the little eating area with the big table. So that was fun. Um, I ruined with Nathan that night and our hotel rooms were kind of small, but it was okay. Um, late that night, pretty much the entire group that was there decided to meet in this little common area in the lobby of the hotel where we all played this massive late night game of uno um and we were so loud at, that the the people working for the hotel ended up closing the door in the area that we were in just so people wouldn't hear us <laughs> and the whole time i'm like paranoid from last night being like when they find us they're gonna send us all home like the tour is gonna be over and then everybody else was like, come on, bro. Nothing's going to be, nothing's going to happen. It's going to be fine. Like, you know, like that one scene in the Breakfast Club where they escape and they're trying to hide from the principal or whatever. That was a very often recurring theme where we're hiding from our chaperones. You kids and your damn Uno. You and your rowdy games of Uno in the middle of the night. I mean, they were playing until like 2 or 3 a.m. Um, I actually went upstairs early. And early for them was like 12.30 or 1. <laughs> they kept going for like another hour and then they were hanging out in their hotel rooms. Um, they got David to prank call like a Japanese restaurant, which I don't know why you would prank call a Japanese restaurant other than just be like, haha, joke's on you. I speak a language you don't understand. Like... I guess that's yeah. funny to a point, but like, that's pretty nah. much all you can do. No, nah, I'm going to go ahead and say that's not funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's I, I, just dumb. What's yeah. the, what's the and payoff? At like 3 a.m., I was the only one that left the game. Everybody else was hanging out. So I had the whole room to myself for a couple hours. So I took a shower by myself, hung out on my phone. Were, were, were kinda... you showering in groups before that? No, but like, I was the only one in the hotel room. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Took a shower. But, by but I'm just hanging out, and I'm just like, this is awesome. This is so great. I can just be by myself. like Because I didn't really have that much alone time. So I was getting to the point where I was just craving it. And that was kind of a 
kind of the reason why I wanted to go early, just being like, nobody's there. I can be by myself. And this is so great. So I was like, I need to do this more often. I need to do this every night. Sometimes a guy just needs some alone time. That's honestly some of the best vacation time you can have. Like you go and you buy honestly. a couple things and then you get your downtime and you can read your book that you just bought or whatever. And like there's no like set itinerary for that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been on a lot of vacations or trips that are very focused on itinerary. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I go to visit you guys in Pennsylvania, that's nothing oh, yeah. but itinerary. Yeah. And this was very itinerary based as well. Um, but there is a lot, there was a lot of wiggle room around there to kind of make your own fun here and there. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. The next morning, uh, day five, I think we're on, um, we got to the lobby a little bit late. We woke up a little bit late, but breakfast time was extended a little bit. So it was okay. Um, on the bus ride, I sat next to David. Um, I think I sat next to him for like the whole day or like the first half of the whole day. Uh, spent a lot of time with him. He and I really bonded. He and Justin, I think, were the the people I was close. I think I said that already, but you know, I just want to reiterate how important those people were to me and for mm-hmm. the general narrative of this trip that I'm stringing along here. Our first stop that day, um, it was raining that morning. Um, and I didn't have an umbrella, but I did have a little like rain jacket that I wore and I kind of had to like leech off of other people's umbrellas. Um, our first stop was the bamboo forest, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and we saw this temple in the middle of a river called the golden pavilion. Before we got on the bus, I bought an ice cream sandwich from another vending machine, but I had to finish it outside because the bus didn't allow ice cream. That temple ice cream is the best. Yeah, Temple Ice Cream hits, man. Uh, I had to wait outside with the the Japanese tour guide while I finished eating, and she's just kind of standing there watching me eat. Just being like, I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm holding up blind or whatever. And she's like, Yeah, you're good. Uh, our next stop was a place called Nijo Castle. Um, we got to walk around the whole place. Um, it, apparently, a shogun once lived there in old samurai times. It was really cool. A lot of a lot of samurai culture that we got to see. That, that was cool, really yeah. awesome. Yeah. After that, we went to an outdoor mall in Kyoto for around two hours of free time. Um, and here's another semi-big moment, or just like funny thing that happened. Uh, I joined a group with David, Justin, Nathan, and a couple other people. And Justin, Nathan, and their friends uh, devised a plan to go to a maid cafe. It was a couple blocks away from the mall and David heard that and he was like, fuck that. I am not doing that. You guys go do that. Um, but the problem was we were specifically told to stay in groups of at least two or three. And David was like deliberately going off from that group and going to be alone, which was a problem if he got caught and he was going to get scolded for that. But we were kind of like, Maid Cafe or David and for a lot of people like they had to choose Maid Cafe for some reason what is a Maid Cafe? I was at the point where I was like fuck it I gotta go see what this is you only live once Um, a Maid Cafe I have no idea how to explain it properly Um, 
it's like a little it's a cafe where there's waitresses that serve you in maid outfits and cat ears for some reason that's a fetish yeah oh my yeah. cats are notorious for cleaning up my house so i understand that yeah and cooking me <laughs> french fries yeah naturally yeah they did try to do laundry yesterday they turned the washer on and managed to hit, hit the power button and the start button i don't know how it happened but there was nothing you in the washing machine cats. yeah i wish they would put clothes in there first <laughs> jerks uh the adventure to the maid cafe um i decided to go with them just completely out of curiosity because like i had to right it's too enticing of an idea to not to pass up oh i agree um, we we had to cross the street a couple of times we were kind of veering off like really far from the mall which they told us not to do so you know great idea great for my like oh fuck we're gonna get kicked out um the the maid cafe was basically in like an alley on the second floor of a staircase and it was like this really grungy weird place where i was like are we gonna get murdered here what the fuck well that's what the maids are for they'll clean up the scene then no worries yeah and the the maid cafe was to the left of us when we got to like the second floor and just like this this ray of light and over-exaggerated happiness shining through this like parking lot garage with like blood on the floor and shit um we go in there and they made us all wear like bunny ears which i have a photo of on my instagram plastic booties and they made us sit on a sheet of plastic you know <laughs> well they decided yeah, they, whether they, they were us gonna put murder on the us bunny or costume not. from a christmas story there you go <laughs> It was a really weird place. They had like anime openings playing on the TV, and they had a little corner where they had a tiny little bookshelf with manga on it. And I tried to go over there and look at some of it, and I picked up like the Fist of the North Star manga volume, and there was a big glob of dust on it. And I was like, ugh. So I, I just you put said that down. Glob and I just, and you like, made me nervous for a second. I was like, a big glob of, and I was like, oh, that God, could have no. been anything. Yeah, oh, it's dust. <laughs> Thank God. The food is really weird, too, because it wasn't, like, actual food. It was just kind of snacky stuff. Uh, I got a little plate of french fries because that was really all they had. Um, they, The weird thing was when they brought our food, they made us cast a cuteness spell on it, <laughs> I guess, to make it edible. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, you have to do this. You have to, you have to like, put your hands in like a heart sign and then you go moi moi q and then you point the heart hands at the food which is supposed to cast like a love beam at the food and it kills any like uncute things that are living on the food so that you can eat it <laughs> and we're all just kind of looking at each other like is this fucking is this real <laughs> you accidentally joined a food cult. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's not even like the maids there were like that cute. It felt like if you go to a strip club at like 
2 p.m. like a broad daylight. <laughs> you had a lot like, of experience with not, strip clubs, Ben. Come on it's now. It's not midnight club. It's just the the sad strippers that get paid like minimum wage. Yeah, and... we call them we call them the second shifters. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> that's what it that that's what the equivalent of it was. Hey, sweetheart, do you want a lap dance? <laughs> After that, we managed to make our way back to the mall, and we all walked around together for a little bit. Uh, we spent a little while in this place called like a gotcha store where they had these little capsule machines and you put in like a coin and then you crank a lever and you get a tiny little toy in a little capsule. Um, I Not my thing, but apparently everybody in Japan's thing. And, you know, a couple <laughs> yeah. of people were trying it out just to be like, you had to, it's Japan. Pretty much. Yeah, aren't they called Gachapon or something like that? Isn't yeah, that the... that's what it's called. Yeah, I, I've heard about those before. Like they they call it Gacha because they got your money and you got a little crappy toy. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand what you're supposed to do with a toy after you get it. <laughs> like sometimes it might be cool. Like there's like they have that kind of stuff for Pokemon cards and trading cards and stuff like that, which is a little bit more interesting because it's like, ooh, you can get a random card. I don't know what I'm gonna get. You could get like a really cool mega charizard you could get like oddish or some bullshit you know well um, I, I like like finding stuff randomly in places that just speaks to me and then putting it buying it and putting it on my shelf uh in my yeah. office so i mean i kind of get that like there's a place for that stuff you yeah. know if you're but with into that it. it's more so like it's complete chance and like what you get is what you get mm-hmm. we, our, our group kind of split up by that point and I kind of ended up by myself at one point, um, just walking around looking for food. And I found a Burger King. There's a surprising amount of American burger chains in Japan. And they were kind of like my safe haven. And like, I was like, oh, scary Japanese food, dumb American food. Yes, please it was, save me. It was, like, it was like the embassy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just going to random Japanese people. Please, where is the McDonald's? <laughs> it's my only place of solace um after i got my burger at burger king justin and i walked around for a while looking for a place to sit so i could eat um which is when i got separated from him for a while and that's when i ended up alone for a while trying to find him and again i was looking for more arcades along the way just because like my my search for arcades never truly ended because after that i was just like that was so amazing i have to do it again now so I think now I'm at the point where I'm satisfied. Um, for the moment, for the moment. Yeah, the time will come you where have to I need be, to get my fix you know. again. Yeah, because it happens so much. Um, eventually, I ran back into David and we walked around for a bit, and we were just going through as many stores as we could. Um, I was just kind of letting him guide me because he was just going into as many random stores as he wanted to, just being like. Come on, we're in Japan. Let's go, just go look at some stuff. That was his kind of motto throughout the whole thing. We're in Japan. Let's just go live it up. Um, a lot of stores were like anime stores where you could buy a bunch of figures. Uh, I didn't really find any I wanted to buy. Like, there was cool stuff, but I didn't really want to spend the money on it. Um, and then every time he saw the chaperone, he was like, quick, hide, 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 <laughs> for some reason. Um, eventually, when it was time to head back to the bus, uh, David got stuck in line trying to buy food. And we kept trying to figure out whether we should go ahead without him or stay with him. Um, but we, I and the tour guide eventually decided to stay with him. Um, we were kind of holding up the line a little bit because, or the, the bus a little bit, because 
you know, we can't leave without him. So we have this dilemma of, do we just wait for him or do we just go to the bus and wait for him there? Or do we stick with him and just wait for him to get his food? Um, we eventually just kind of had to drag him along like, okay, come on. But actually, no, because he already paid for it. So the problem was just waiting for it to come. So we had to wait for that. That was a whole thing. And when he got back, uh, the lead chaperone got pretty mad at him for a bit and kind of yelled at him. Not yelled at him, but like scolded him and I guess maybe threatened him to send him home or whatever. <laughs> um, Any slight infraction, you're going to go home. <laughs> I'm going to uh, put you in a trade David, David got kind of <laughs> mad at Justin because of that. Because he was like, you left me alone. And Justin's like, you're the one who left us. You just come to the maid cafe. And I was like, uh, did he, did he, was he really missing much? Um, yeah. And then our tour guide Shiori is just looking at us like, what just happened? What, what happened? I didn't, I didn't. She felt like it was her fault. And I was like, oh, you didn't, you didn't cause that. I just, I don't even know what happened to be honest. Um, yeah, she was really nice, really sweet. Um, we went to a couple more outdoor mall type places in Kyoto. A lot of cool stores we go buy souvenirs in. Um, more of the same, more like figurine shops and all that. Uh, we had dinner at an all-you-can-eat noodle restaurant. And when they said all-you-can-eat, they did mean it. Like you eat a whole bowl of noodles and then you just ask for more and they bring out more. And there's like basically no end to it. Um, <laughs> I sat at a table with David and a bunch of other people. And then across from us was the table with Justin and Nathan and their friend group. Uh, we only ate three bowls of noodles. Well, Justin and his friends ate 10 entire bowls together. And they were completely willing to just keep on going. But they, the shepherds had to stop them. Um, it was almost like an eating contest where like David was watching them just guzzle down noodles and like, we got to eat up too, hurry up. <laughs> got to get um, your money's worth. Yeah. yeah. Or in their case, they were trying to run their pockets, pretty much. <laughs> I just pictured them taking like noodles and stuffing them into their pockets for later. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was meaning like run the chaperone's pockets and just ah, run their yeah, wallets. I, I know what you meant, but when I heard pockets, that popped into my head. <laughs> That's a funny image. <laughs> just pockets full of noodles. Wet, soggy noodles in your pockets. Yeah, there's like stains coming out of your pockets, like seeping yeah. down your legs. <laughs> <laughs> what a gross, gross <laughs> mental image that is. Yeah, we got we got back to our hotel, and Nathan and I went over to David and Justin's room to hang out, and then Abdul and Miko's room was across from a. Nathan and I were next to David and Justin, and then across from Abdul and Miko, like a friends situation. So we all went over to their room to hang out and play some more Uno. You know, have some conversations, you know, and uh, a couple of other people showed up and we had another arm wrestling. We had an actual tournament this time with everyone in the room. Um, surprisingly, David ended up beating everyone and I couldn't even get past the first match. I can you know, never. I, I, I've never I tried been to a go good with everybody wrestler. to see who I could have like an equal match against, but I just couldn't because I'm too weak. After watching the 1988 film Over the Top, uh, starring Sylvester Stallone, I can honestly say that my arm wrestling prowess had improved greatly. 
I mean, that'll do it. I don't even know when that film was actually made. I was being a smart. It's ass. like the late eighties, wasn't it? I said I said like eighty eight. Yeah, I think that's about right. That sounds right to me. I wonder if I'm right. Could you look it up? Yeah. It's over the top. Over the top. Eighty seven. You were almost Ooh, perfectly so close. On. I almost went to the nineties for some reason. I almost <laughs> did too, but I think eighty eight <laughs> felt right to me. <laughs> so we're at day day what five? The end, uh, end of day yeah, five. Yeah, day five. Um, we're playing Uno. I think I played Truth or Dare for a little bit. Um, after a while, I decided to head back to my room alone again because I was like, last night was so cool. I got to do that again. I just need to decompress a little bit after all the excitement I'm having. So, day six. Um, Nathan and I slept in a little bit too late. I don't know what it was about every morning that every time I had a room with Nathan, we would always wake up too late. Um, we didn't have time to eat actual breakfast, so I just had some Pop-Tarts that I packed in my suitcase on the bus. Um, that morning, visited another temple. Um, Dade and I went to the bathroom, and when we came out, we found that we had gotten left behind by the rest of the group. Uh, and we had to have Justin come back and find us and bring us back to the others. Uh, David was freaking out again, thinking he was going to get in trouble with Um, I think he might have been... Still a little bit mad at Justin, but I think he was, for the most part, pretty okay. Um, he was just more concerned. Oh, wait, did I say her name? Shit. I, I, can, beep it. Name I can beep it out. Yeah. That's okay. I, I think that I think that your teacher or your chaperone was responsible for them leaving without you being with them. What the hell kind of yeah. what the hell kind of shit was going on here? This is like the loosest rendition Plus, nobody liked her either, of so. a field trip I've ever heard. But like, oh we I ended up by myself, no big deal in a foreign <laughs> country, thousands of miles away from home. <laughs> you know. They, I, they love, I love your, I love your I love your cavalier your cavalier attitude towards it. It just gets me. I like it. <laughs> well, I mean, first because I know what happened, and I know it wasn't that serious, but you know, it felt serious then. I'd be like, like losing sure. my shit if I turned around and there was nobody. I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? You know. I mean, it was the same way for them too. Like one of the chaperones uh, was getting anxiety about leaving someone behind again. You know, she was a little bit freaked out about that uh, because she felt like it was her fault, and to a point it was. But you know, all is forgiven. We're we're not dead, so. <laughs> I'm just know. picturing you, Mike, like in Japan and and like you miss your tour group and you like, what am I going to do? And then like it flashes to like 15 minutes later and you're on a street corner in like a dress. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be more likely I'd be tricks. in the bushes rocking back and forth crying. <laughs> 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 you know. <laughs> Mommy! Oh my god. I can't be that loud, but <laughs> I got people sleeping in my house. <laughs> I do too, but this is like my my set time of the week that I get to be loud as fuck and I'm going to I'm going to exercise my rights. My youngest would not be happy with me, so I will I will keep mine to a minimum. Right. Um on the way back from the bus, um we went to a mall in Kyoto where uh we went back to McDonald's for lunch. Uh, I got a chocolate milkshake that I was drinking in the mall and my body just became like addicted to it because I was having throat issues at the time. So it was super soothing, but like to the point where I couldn't stop drinking it. Like I would, I would take a sip 
be like, oh, and I just immediately to go back in for more. Like it was like drugs. <laughs> I'm like that with chocolate milk. I cannot drink a glass of chocolate milk in sips. It has to be like gulp, 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 gulp. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was about that shake, but it was just the best milkshake I've ever had in my life. Like I was dependent on that shake. <laughs> yeah, and I ate my burger on the bus, and then on the bus we passed by Nintendo headquarters, which was a pretty big moment for me. You know, yeah, only yeah. the the birthplace of my favorite things in the world. So, mm-hmm. um, just 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 kind of cool. You know, our next stop was at a shrine in a place called Nara, where there were deer everywhere outside. And hmm. what was funny if if you, if you if you bowed in front of them, they would bow back to you. Like they were, they wow. would like bring their heads down and back up at you. And the hmm. deer were pretty much given free reigns of the whole area. Like they kind of just got to do whatever they wanted. And there was just it's like they deer got shit on our everywhere. bus and went through our shit and everything. <laughs> took stuff. Yeah, fucking they, cracked everywhere. They, they raided my bus. They took everything that I loved. Um, Drank the rest but, of but, my milkshake. They, they, they get to do that. They have their privileges. You know. Um, so yeah, that deer was a highlight. That was pretty fun to see. Uh, we just went through the shrine pretty quickly and then just spent the rest of our time looking at the deer because that was the real important thing. We, we It was at this point where we were starting to experience temple shrine burnout and <laughs> to a point where we're getting to gift shop burnout as well. Not Not quite yet, but a little bit i like, can see why that would be the same thing every day every day you're seeing these things yeah i could see why but, that would but that was the coolest one because it was like it's the same thing as everything else but there's animals yeah you know? like uh, if there next... was one with monkeys i'd be looking forward to that one there was one with monkeys actually awesome i did take a photo of that i think hold on you check my Instagram. i don't see it on there i'm i have i have been back and forth as we go Maybe I didn't post it. I, I do have the photo here. It's a little baboon that was on the 9th. Oh, wait. Uh, we're on the 12th right now. It's like sitting on a crate. It's this photograph. Yeah, it's in a equipment. cage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And that was a real. I thought that was a stuffed thing because it looks like it's. Oh, no, it wasn't real. Our next place was Osaka. There were three major cities that we spent. Well, four. Uh, the fourth one is a the like a big one pretty important one but tokyo kyoto osaka and the other one which i'm getting to i think it was the next day after that if i remember right um we went to this hotel called grids and it was really cool and fancy but it was right next to some dingy love hotel for some reason (laughs) and if you don't know what a love hotel is it's exactly what it sounds like uh, just make the connection in your head. Yeah. Probably not too hard. It's the kind of place you don't want to well, walk on I'd the say floor probably not without too hard, shoes. But it probably would be. Uh, uh, never go barefoot in a love hotel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we got to the hotel, dropped off our luggage in our hotel rooms and went back to the lobby. Uh, I roomed with David and this guy named Matthew, who uh, he looked like Trent Reznor. And he was like, <laughs> he was like into music and he was kind of like gothish. Not not goth, but like punk rock, kind of like a mix of it. When we say you looked like Trent Reznor, are we talking 90s long hair Trent Reznor? 90s nine-inch nails Trent Reznor, yes. Okay. There were four beds in the room that we were in. There was a bunk bed, and there were two normal beds. Uh, Matthew 
uh, got dibs on the bunk bed, and then we took the David and I took the other beds, and David the whole time, David the whole trip is basically just commenting on how cool everything was. Like everything was just so amazing to him. Like the hotel, like this is the coolest hotel I've ever been in. Like he got wide eyed whenever he saw pretty much anything, and it was just like it was just so much fun to watch him see all this stuff around him and just taking everything in. He was just kind of like nice. infectious excitement. There you know? is um, one of our common common guests, uh, Lindsay, just went to. Uh... Oh gosh, Universal Studios, I think, in Florida. And uh, her son is a big Harry Potter fan, and they had the Diag uh, the the Diagon Alley, whatever it is, uh, from Harry Potter. And they she posted video of him, and he's just going, <sighs> he's so happy, uh, <laughs> like just. And it is like that, like it's like that infectious, like look how happy he is. I've never been that happy about anything in the last. I mean, he wasn't years. like he wasn't like bouncing off the walls, like giant smile on his face, happy. Like he was much more like mellow person, to be honest. He, mm -hmm. he had like, I think he might have been on the spectrum, had some sort of ADHD or something like that. But you know, he might not have shown it completely, but you could just tell how mm -hmm. happy he was and how. Because he talked about it, he, he he talked about pretty much everything, and he he was very vocal about how he was feeling about everything. And if he was really into something, was really enjoying it, he was the first one to let you know. And he and he just enjoyed everything, and everything that was going on was just so cool. And I'm usually like that when I go on vacations to play like Williamsburg, even though I've been there twice. I'm always like a kid in a candy shop when mm -hmm. i go there yeah that was definitely his mentality yeah and it was just so fun to watch and it just really rubs off on you it, was, it did rub off on me that's for sure uh yeah he was a cool guy but, um, I, I like people who are super positive over people who are really negative for no reason yeah, yeah. i prefer someone who's like too positive well, there's a certain line to that too yeah you know? yeah the cheerleader on crack people Mm -hmm. A little bit too much for me to handle. Yeah. yeah, they usually end up working in human resources. So yeah, I don't, I don't like true. fake happiness. Yeah. yeah, but that was completely genuine, and that was what got me about it. So you know, um, you're on the we're on this big nine-story building. No, we went to this big nine-story building with a bunch of different stores and restaurants on each floor. It's kind of like a mall. Uh. Like the weird thing about that city was every building had like nine floors and every floor was something different. It, everything was super compact, like the stacks in Ready Player One, I think is the best way I can explain mm -hmm. it. This building, like every story on the building had different things to buy there. Like the first, like the lobby was sort of like a general, like little food court and just kind of random stuff you could buy next floor a bunch of music stuff next floor jewelry next floor clothes high -end menswear clothes. third floor <laughs> yeah it really sounds like an old school macy's where a department store was are you on... being served yeah um i went along with the girl and her dad and justin decided to tag along too the reason i'm not saying the girl's name is because i actually know this person in real life and see her on a relative basis do you not and know like... justin in real life was he just a I figment do, of I your imagination? I don't 
see him in a, in a like part of it is the fact that I don't like her and I mm. don't want her to know that even though she doesn't like me and I know that <laughs> I'm just like I know you don't like me but I and I don't like you but I'm gonna pretend that I don't like that and I don't feel that way to you your distaste is mutual no worries yeah. No, honestly, man, I, I'm firmly of the belief if you don't like someone, you need to let them know as soon as possible. But or just yeah, right. avoid them. But in that case, fuck you, Taylor. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's okay. the I'm, like, I'm not gonna see these people in like a year. Yeah. I don't want not, to. Yeah, see not them really. And I seriously doubt that Taylor is going to listen to this. Yeah. So I mean, I kind of don't like maybe we should title this episode taylor don't listen to this <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about you uh, in parentheses you bitch <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad i just don't really like her that much there there's been you don't have to like everybody ben yeah you just yeah. don't in fact that was cool and you don't have to have a reason yeah yeah fuck you taylor thumbs up to her dad <laughs> Chill guy, really like him. Um, <laughs> now she's gonna please, know. Please Lucy. don't send him to kill me. <laughs> like, catch out of bag now, At least whatever. he might kill you in a in a cool way. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Be like, Be like listen. listen, man. Yeah, I get you don't like everybody, but that's my daughter. You got to kill you now. Be like, okay, that works for me. You know, do you gotta do? <laughs> it's just it personal, is. Ben. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might be. Mm-hmm. I went along with them, and then Justin decided to tag along with us. And Justin and I followed Taylor and her dad to a noodle restaurant of sorts, even though that wasn't really what Justin and I wanted. We wanted sushi, and there was a sushi restaurant on the top floor, uh, but it was just a matter of us finding it. So our plan, excuse me, our plan was we're just going to get something small here, and then you and me, we're getting sushi. We're gonna live it up there so i got a small bowl of ramen and then justin tried jellyfish Ugh. <laughs> and he, Ugh. he he eats it and he just has like a stone face and he's like i don't like it and then proceeds to eat more of it uh we were eating we were talking Ugh. about the trip so far and we were talking about other places we like to go like south korea we talked a bit about people like david and stuff like that um after that, we had an hour before the mall closed, so Justin and I, Justin and I went on our own to go look for the sushi restaurant. Um, when we got there, the menu, oh yeah, and when we were looking for it, uh, we passed by a big group of all our friends, or like, not our friends really, but like a bunch of other people that were on the tour, and Justin and I were like, let's try and sneak past them and onto this escalator and see if they just don't see us and try to follow us and just like get away from them. Uh, and that... I think we like we were in like plain sight, but they didn't really notice us, so not really much point to that, anyways. But when we got there, <laughs> the menu was on an iPad, and everything was in Japanese, so we couldn't really do anything. And it was like bugging out too; we couldn't really figure out where to go. And I think we ended up going to the home screen of the iPad, and we were like, "Uh," but eventually, someone brought out a physical English menu for us, and we looked at the sushi menu and. The sushi menu was funny because you look at the top row, it, it just gets weirder and weirder, like the farther down you read, like the normal stuff at the top, tuna, salmon, all that stuff, cod, sure. Um, at the very bottom, you have stuff like crab innards, monkfish liver, gizzard shad, <laughs> sea grapes, sea bream, all of which none of us had any idea what it was, and all of which we ordered. 
Sea grapes sound amazing if they're like regular grapes. Um, I Just don't. I do not the believe sea. they are. Um, they were all out of monkfish liver, and for some reason they never brought our crab innards, but they brought everything else. And as we were leaving, Justin was like, "Too bad about the crab innards." Like, you seem genuinely mad. I was like, "Are you sad? Do you actually want those crab innards?" He was like, "Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, dude! I wanted those this crab innards." This kid's got a bright future. <laughs> Seriously, man. I mean, really, he's going to bring back a revival of Fear Factors, something like that. <laughs> yeah, you know? he'll be the new host. <laughs> Only he'll eat everything along with the people, you know. Yeah, him and Nathan. For some reason, the gizzard chat had a bunch of wasabi, like, basically hidden underneath the bottom of it. And he ate this huge mouthful of it, but didn't realize it was there. So it's just like, oh, God, it just, like, hit him out of nowhere. And I recorded a video of him eating the wasabi, <laughs> and it was really funny. And he's, but even then, he's just like, he's choking on wasabi, he just doesn't care. He just like, he, yeah, if he calms down for a moment, he's like, he looks at the camera, he's like, kiss her, Chad's great. <laughs> and after that, um, we were looking at places around the area, and I found this nearby arcade because I was, I was still on this arcade hunt that never really went away for the whole trip. Uh, I found this place called Round One, which, I think we do have in America in certain places. Like I think there's one in Hollywood or Santa Barbara or something around there. Um, but they stuff like that is a lot more popular in Japan. So if we're going to find like the right crowd or the right kind of stuff there, it would be in Japan. So after that, we decided to go over there. Uh, I had to cross a couple streets to get there, but it was fine. Uh, it felt a lot like Akira. If you ever seen the movie Akira, it oh, yeah. felt like you're rocking a Neo Tokyo. Um, like most other buildings in the area, it also had nine floors, and each of them had different things on them. Uh, floor one was full of claw machines, floor three, bowling and darts, uh, floor four had karaoke. Uh, we spent a while exploring, looking for something to do, and we went up to check out the karaoke, trying to see how it worked. Um, we didn't end up doing it because... You know, just the two of us wouldn't really be that fun to us because mm-hmm. you know, we, were most, we were the most introverted people on the trip. You know, you know which, um, I think karaoke is like a song plays and then you sing to it. Yeah, it, that's how it works. Yeah, I was being a smart ass. Sorry. <laughs> uh, our plan was that inspired us to see if we could plan a karaoke night with pretty much everybody on the trip at some point before we went home. So we were like, we have like two days left before we go home. We got to make this happen. Um, but we were kept exploring round one. And on the bottom floor, under floor one, was the actual arcade with, with all of modern games. Like, there were a bunch of like, sort of like PvP games. Like, they have a bunch of Gundam games and stuff like that that are the kind of same styles as that Last Survivor game I was talking about, which they also mm-hmm. did have here alongside games like Street Fighter V and Tekken 7. And, you know, I saw that. I was like, jackpot, right? Mm-hmm. And we played Street Fighter and Tekken for a while, and we were trying to figure out how to play against each other. Uh, but it didn't work. We ended up playing online against random people from other arcades across hmm. Japan, which was a cool idea, honestly. Yeah. But we but we suck at video games compared to them. Um, <laughs> we both lost to all of them in both games. I mean, Justin, I don't think he ever really played Street Fighter before, so he got his ass handed to him a little bit. You know, and I'm 
as a fighting game fan, I'm a little bit better at those games. Like, I'm not insane at them. I just like playing them casually, but I know enough about them to make my way around, you know, win a couple online matches on Lucky. But Japanese gamers, like, especially with fighting games and competitive games and stuff like that, they don't fuck around. They are serious. Like, they're... I play this game called Splatoon, and there's, like, a running joke where if you're in a team and you're playing against a team uh, of exclusively Japanese people, you're going to lose, like, right then and there. Because um, Japanese gamers are insane at video games, and I got my ass handed to me in Tekken. Um, <laughs> but I didn't mind it. I was having fun. Uh, and then I went over to the last Survivor Machines so I could play that again. And I won again, and it made me kind of suspicious with, like, are these actually real people? Or are these just CPUs that are set to a very low level? Because I think you had to have, like, a certain amount of... They called them power points, pretty much. Like, I guess you need, like, one of those cards to unlock all the features. If you put in just an ordinary 100 yen coin, you just get, like, one game that you can play. So I don't know if that was, like, an actual online match with other people. Or it was just some cpu thing or if they were real people they all just sucked to the game or something <laughs> but i was like how can that be true when i just got my ass beat in tekken there's a bunch and, of americans in another arcade yeah, just disproves my point yeah <laughs> uh it, it had to have been just computer only that's the only explanation but it was about 9 40 we had 20 minutes to spare before our curfew was up so we headed back to the hotel um when i got back to the room i went to the bathroom and I tried the bidet for the first time, which was very shocking. Um, David and Matthew could just hear me in the bathroom, in the background, going, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> David's like, "Stop fucking screaming, bro!" He's just like, "You just gotta learn to bear with it. Just bear it, grin and bear it." I know a lot of people who have beat like the little self-installed bidets in their. Uh, toilets and they swear by them. They're getting um, popular now. Yeah. For some reason. I think it's because people don't like wiping their ass. Well, it's supposed <laughs> to save you on toilet paper and it's more That's hygienic true. than just smearing shit around your ass <laughs> until it's gone. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You know? It is pretty barbaric yeah. when you think about it. We just take paper. Like, just, yeah. We just like, produce massive amounts of paper. you have to look at it? Yeah. But we just—I mean, this—the world pr pr produces enormous amounts of paper specifically for butts. Yep, that's weird when you really think <laughs> about it. Yeah, bidets do make sense. I don't have one yet, but it's on the horizon. They're easy to install. Yeah, unless you want if, one of those ones never, like. If you've never experienced before, it's definitely quite a shock. But if you uh -huh. get used to it, it'd probably like be a lot better than toilet paper. I think mm -hmm. the key to it is to not because a lot of these ones like if you weren't paying attention you could hook it up to your cold water line that would be terrible mm -hmm. you know <laughs> getting yourself a nice blast of uh, 36 degree water in your asshole in the mm -hmm. middle of this winter not probably something you're mm -hmm. looking forward to yeah nice <laughs> my pipes all my pipes all froze I shot an icicle into my butthole while I was wiping <laughs> talking you about know. Poseidon's kiss <laughs> that was good yeah after i took my shower um justin apparently stopped by for a quick second to like ask david for something 
And I was in the shower while I was happening, so I didn't get to see him. But after that, me, David, and Matthew were hanging out. We were eating chips that David got, and we were just passing the bag around. We were playing music and talking about it. We were having this little music bonding session. David told me about this concept that he coined that he calls sauce, which is basically like the best part of a song. It's really weird, but like the way he explained it is if there's like a really good part of a song that like the best part, like he calls that the sauce. I think I'm gonna and borrow the way he that. Equates it, the way he equates it is like a good song is like a food dish or like a burger. Like you have like this beginning bridge is like a bun or like there's this course that's the meat of it. But then there's this really, really good part of the song that just really hits you or just there are certain things where like the whole thing of it is the sauce or just like one certain chord can be sauce. It just anything can be sauce, but just something yeah. that really makes you feel, you know, it's that part it's what of makes the song. it feel complete. Yeah, it's that part. I know what you're talking about. It's that part of the song you can't wait for, but you can't skip to either because you need the build up to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we started looking for a bunch of songs that I liked that I thought had sauce. So I played some songs like my favorite band is Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Tom and I were talking about that before we started the podcast. Um, I played him a song called Silverfuck on Siamese Dream, which is a total like super slow buildup. It's almost like Pink Floyd-esque, mm -hmm. um, but it has a total sauce moment at the very end. Like it starts off like super kind of like hardcore rock. And then it gets super slow and mellow. Like the way I describe it, it's sort of like like initial burst of anger and then like calming down. And then you just get like slowly more and more angry, just like a silent rage. And then all of a sudden you just explode. Like at the very end, it just explodes out of nowhere and just absolute cacophony of guitars and Billy Corgan yelling. And it's just so cool. And that part is absolute sauce. That is what I love about Deftones. <laughs> Deftones. Deftones is another band that my dad likes. And yeah. that and stuff like Pixies. I did go to see mm -hmm. the Pixies at the Hollywood Bowl uh, the other night, and that was nice. really cool. I just saw Monkey Megadeth Gone to Heaven last is one of my Friday. favorite songs. Really? The Pixies? No, I saw Megadeth. Oh. A little bit different. Big <laughs> bit, difference. Yeah. Big yeah. difference. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about the Nine Inch Nails Broken EP. Uh, probably my favorite mm -hmm. of their works. Yeah, it's a great album. Well, I have a soft spot for Paint Pretty Hate Machine, but that's before they got really heavy. Like, I like broken. I like her. That's a good song. Mm, that's off of uh, Downward Spiral. Pretty Hate Machine yeah. is his first album. It's a lot more. I confuse the two. Electronica, kind of, you know. Whereas, yeah, like late '80s. Yeah, yeah. Whereas um, Broken is just balls to the wall, grinding, heavy, distorted guitars. Yeah, the music video is like a 20 minute snuff film, pretty much. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, the I've video seen for it. happiness and slavery it's crazy. is fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like the, the music video for Pinion, like the opening like guitar riff, mm -hmm. has a guy in like some full body choker suit like drowning or something and i'm just like i know it's fake but how did they do that like how uh, performance artists are known to push themselves to extreme physical I torment know, but, like 
how is that even possible? Yeah. And how do they how are they just okay after that happens? Mm-hmm. That's just amazing. Yeah. But yeah, we talked about music for pretty much the whole night, and that was a really cool bonding experience for the the, the three of us. Matthew apparently was getting into actual music production. He okay. He made a couple of tracks, like indie stuff, on SoundCloud, and he apparently made some music for little. Uh, indie horror game that pretty much nobody knows about but I thought it was pretty cool that is um, cool day 7 June 13th um, this morning at a buffet style breakfast or hotel um, and then we took a bullet train apparently the bullet train that we took that time was the fastest and that train was going to Hiroshima uh, when uh. we got there we were given we went to this place called Miyajima Island before Hiroshima um, we were given two hours of free time at this little island. There was like a little outdoor mall there. Uh, I spent a while trying to find a group that I could get lunch with. I eventually went with Justin and some of his friends to a restaurant where I just got a bowl of rice and I tried some of his food. Um, we went to look around some stores for a while. Um, not really that much happened. Um, there was... David had a little moment here and there. He had an anxiety attack. Was um, there any t-shirts in the gift shop that said, like, my friend went to Hiroshima and all I was like, I was a stupid t-shirt or anything? Uh, see, no. But they had a bunch of really weird shit. Like, there were a bunch of really odd t-shirts. Like, there was one of Ronald McDonald carrying Colonel Sanders' dead body. And it says death of fast food on his back. Wow. There's one with uh, Mickey Mouse smoking a blunt. There's There's a stamp of Hitler that says, yes, we can. In like the Obama font or style. Oh, yeah. wow. And then there's a there's some off-brand Adidas. One just says AIDS. <laughs> there's another one that says Desu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, Justin and I were walking around looking for stuff to do, and at one point we passed by David, and he was having an anxiety attack. I think that that place would be very anxiety-inducing to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, like, super, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the fact that it, it was probably a combination of a lot of things. I think it was fear of getting left behind again or getting scolded by the chaperones. Um, the realization that we're about to go home soon and he didn't want that to happen because he's having so much fun or just uh social anxiety it could have been all three of those but i don't want to speculate about anything i mean know. we always hear about the half-life of radiative radioactive stuff and everything like that like is that is that area actually safe to be in i not that's, I mean, this is I a actually, question not to ask afterwards, but yeah, I, I'd be like, is that place even safe to be in? Like, that's crazy. Hmm. That's a good question. How is Hiroshima? Because I think people still live there. Still habitable. Yeah, but it took him a while to calm down from that. Justin and I actually tried to go and help him and just see what we could do to, like, give him moral support. But when we were walking over to him, they were like... No, don't talk to him. We're going to talk to him. They're like, but we're his friends. So, you know, you're kind of pissed about that. Uh, 
took a pretty long time for him to calm down, but he did get better after a while. So the best thing to do for somebody having an anxiety attack is somebody who has had anxiety issues forever is to Maybe. try to is to distract them, you know, distract them with something else. You know, I'm just that always seems to uh, help me. Um, I think, you know, what I find really helps for someone who's having an anxiety attack is to help them slow down and get in the moment is to ask them to just look around. I was going to bring like, that up. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, how, tell me. It's called every, grounding. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, do you, mm -hmm. What do you see right now? What color is it? What does it look like? What's its texture? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really effective. Do you have an answer to the million dollar question? Uh, it said something about the amount of radiation, but I, it looked like a long read. So I couldn't, I couldn't really find a, I couldn't find a quick answer is what I'm saying. Like a, a uh, quick answer. I probably have cancer, but we're probably good. Oh, here's why. Here's why it says why Hiroshima is, and Nagasaki is habitable and Chernobyl is not. Uh, the short answer is because it only takes a few pounds of fissile material to make a bomb and several tons to make a reactor. So Chernobyl, when it's fallout came out, it was just so much more nuclear material that the fallout was just that much more tremendous. Yeah, that might never become normal again. No, probably not. Um, if you ever really want to scare the shit out of yourself, look up the Zara Bomba, T-S-A-R-B-O-M-B-A. It was a uh, Russian design or maybe it's not russian but it's a 50 megaton nuke so if you were looking at let's say you had a piece of paper like a regular piece of paper and on the far corner of the paper you drew a dot right and on the other you drew a tree as big as or a nuclear blast as big as the pa the the far end of the paper that little dot was hiroshima the big one's the 50 uh megaton it'd be enough to destroy jesus christ yeah, it would be enough to basically destroy like a, a small country. <laughs> it's terrifying. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like you you could nuke New Hampshire <laughs> and be and it would be gone. That's yeah. that's how massive. This is why are. World War Three should never ever 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 happen. Yeah. Ever, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it does, there's no there's no turning back. Unfortunately, that's a one way street. I think. Yeah. No nukes. No nukes. That's what I've always said. You can't hug your kids with nuclear arms. That's right. Yep. That's another That's band. That's actually of... a really good way of putting it. That is great. I do like that. Uh, your your dad is also a fan of uh, the band Midnight Oil. I don't know if you're too familiar I with I actually them, don't but... know. My dad doesn't like Midnight know. Oil. Well, he and I liked them when we were when we were younger, at least. But they were all—they're an, uh, an Australian band, and they're—they're they're all about—they um, were all about like like oppression and like like fighting the powers that be, and they and had a lot of beds. Yeah, and they had a lot of well, that's what burning beds are burning is about. It's about nuclear war. How can we sleep if our beds are burning? I was just. Saying, I'm burning I'm, beds. I know. Well, My I'm dad just... showed me this song called Texture by Skinny Puppy. Oh, um, hell Skinny yeah. Puppy was this like late 80s, like industrial were... god in industrial yeah. god. Yes. Yeah. They're like Depeche mode, but like Uber, what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good way of putting it. Texture is a song about um, animal experimentation and how bad it is. 
Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And back then they're like, oh, skinny puppy is really scary. And now like, now that time has passed a little bit, it's sort of like funny mm -hmm. a little bit how we thought that kind of stuff was scary. But it is still a little bit, it's still out there, but it's, it's really good. And Texture is honestly kind of a masterpiece. The more I think about it, most most of his stuff is 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 incredible. Um, I'm a huge fan of of Skinny Puppy. Always have been, and um, yeah, you're right. His early stuff, his spooky stuff, where he's singing like this, you know, like yeah. like that's it's a little corny. But when it was happening, no one was doing anything like that. Yeah, nobody. It was super out there. I mean, he started that shit in the '70s, and really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. His, some of his early stuff from the '70s, like '77, '78. So I don't oh, mean yeah, to be that time. guy, but let's get back to Japan, man. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, we went to Miyajima Park. We walked through another temple. You know, nothing new to report. But after that, we got back on the bus, and we were on the way to Hiroshima. Uh, and that is actually how it's pronounced. I found out Hiro Hiroshima is the dumb American pronunciation. Apparently, ah. it's actually Hiroshima. So, yeah, um, get it right, a holes. <laughs> <laughs> you can see if I just push my glasses up. Um, so when we got there, we walked around the city and we saw some monuments dedicated to the bombing. Uh, there was a piece of a building that was affected by the bomb. Um, what was left of it is still intact. They left it intact. Um, Did you see any like people's shadows that were burned into anything, like the sidewalk or the, the buildings museum. or anything? I was surprised okay. by the fact that it was completely rebuilt. Like Hiroshima now is just like a totally normal city now. And obviously there's no way for you to not know about the bombing. It, it, like you, if you don't take like basic history classes, that's the only way you're not going to know about it. But if you if you had no idea, absolutely no idea that ever happened, then you probably wouldn't really know that anything happened to it because it's just like a normal city. But mm -hmm. there is just a lot of monuments and memorials that are de dedicated to it. There was the building. There was a bell that you could go up to and you could ring and that signified peace. Um, and then after that, we went to the Memorial Museum about Hiroshima, uh, Hiroshima, sorry, in the bombing. <laughs> Dumb uh, my, American, nice. My American kicked in. The whole museum was completely silent as we were walking through it. It was a real experience. And I did see they actually had the slab of sidewalk in the museum that had the shadow of the man that got burned. And they had some other um, rubble and wreckage and remains from the bombing uh, encased in that museum. And you could see images of people that were affected by it, like after the bomb hit and in the hospital. And some real grueling, pretty grotesque images. Mm. Um, you know, you, you saw exactly how it was they didn't sugarcoat anything i imagine it's an extremely powerful and sobering experience super, super powerful yeah like going and, to the holocaust museum and stuff yeah yeah because that was their holocaust that was their 9-11 pretty much not even like on a level far beyond that yeah in the yeah. grand scheme of the world 
Well, yeah, like, I mean, it's it's literally the most devastating attack, singular attack that has ever been done anywhere in the history yeah. of, the, of the human it race. It literally changed the world as we know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, forever. Yeah. Uh, and you could see a bunch of paintings and there's a little art gallery for all the stuff that represents Hiroshima, um, including all the things that were made back in the 40s when it initially happened and a lot of modern things that represent peace and uh, anti-nuke kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was really incredible. And, you know, you could hear everybody coughing in Mm. the museum due to how silent it was, which was a little bit worrying. Like, but it was, you know... Uh, after that, we drove to a cafe-style restaurant, like a kind of like a Japanese Denny's for <laughs> dinner, where I sat next to Justin and David, and across from Nathan and this other and this other girl. Uh, we were served by a robot. Uh, that was pretty cool. I have a video of that on my Instagram. You crazy food-serving robot! For some reason, the restaurant we were at, they the chaperones kind of just picked like two options for us to order even though there's this giant menu of stuff you could get you only like no you can have you have two dinner choices you can have the salisbury steak you can have this weird like veggie pizza and i got the salisbury steak um that was just kind of weird i i think the reason they did that was just so there's not as much confusion because there there were a lot of people there so you know i think that's also kind of the reason why they did all the buffets because with that amount of people it's kind of a nightmare to try and get everybody's separate orders right. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've, we've experienced that when I came to Pennsylvania to see you guys. Yeah. Here and there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that night, we stayed in a hotel near Hiroshima called Vessel Hotel. Uh, just sort of like a small inn. It's pretty much the same situation as that one day where we had to pack an overnight bag. Because uh, we were going back to Grids tomorrow. Uh, I roomed with Nathan again, and David and Justin were uh, next to us, or like across from us, just like the Kyoto Hotel. Uh, so he and I went over to hang out with them for a while. Uh, Justin was doing push-ups, and then he kept trying to climb around on the outside of the building again. And we were like, dude, you're gonna fucking fall again. He's like, no, no I'm not. I'm fine. <laughs> he, he, was, he was trying to give some, like, he made some weird excuse. He was like, I'm trying to see if I'd be able to jump to this other railing. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Get your ass in here, dude. And I was playing with David. I was playing Smash with him on a Switch. And then he started falling asleep. So I was playing Sonic Frontiers on a Switch. And I was trying to S-rank all the cyberspace challenges. But I kept failing. So I just gave up. And I just went back to my room. And hang on by myself again for a little while. Just completely paralleling the Kyoto Hotel again. Uh, hung up by myself, shower before Nathan came eventually. Uh, fell asleep watching YouTube on my phone. Just pure exhaustion just got the better of me. And I just like completely crashed and didn't even realize it. Like I felt totally awake. And then all of a sudden I'm just dead. Um, day nine. Last full day in Japan. Uh, Nathan and I overslept again. Uh, by the widest march. We were pretty late. We didn't even get to have breakfast at all. Uh, David had to come and bring us back. Uh, 
and we pretty much went straight to the bus the moment we woke up. Um, that morning we got to a place with streets full of small restaurants and gift shops. Uh, we got two hours of free time, but we were all kind of at the point where like two hours, really, there's nothing really to do. I mean, I needed food because I hadn't eaten, so there was breakfast, but like when you get to a point where you've seen that many gift shops, you've kind of <laughs> already bought everything you want to buy. So to have two hours solely to buy shit, like, like what do you expect me to want to buy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I eventually decided to go with Taylor and her dad to go find somewhere to eat. And we settle on this small little kind of hole-in-the-wall cafe. Uh, and Justin eventually joined us. Uh, I got spaghetti and afterwards, I got a piece of chocolate cake. So very <laughs> odd breakfast, but yeah, you know, I'll who say. cares? Everything's a bit odd when you're an American in Japan. So now is the point where I've my notes kind of stop because I stopped taking notes at this point. So I'm just relying on all my photos of everything that I took to jog my memory. Uh, stopped by some gift shop, took a couple of photos and some stuff that I thought looked funny or cool. Didn't buy anything again. Uh, saw some fish, saw some swan. That was pretty fun. Um, we ended up at this castle. I forget what the castle is called, but it was really cool and really high up into the air. It was like a whole adventure trying to get over there because um, you had to go up this walkway just to even get close to the the castle in general. And then the castle itself, when you get in, it's just like nine floors of super steep and narrow stairs. And you just go up that and then you get to the top of it and you can pretty much see all of Osaka or wherever city we were at that point from the highest point. And it was really cool. It felt like the, the final castle in like a zelda game or something <laughs> yeah yeah it looks they really ran up cool. to a flag yeah i was i was thinking of the hyrule castle music from breath of the wild in my head as i was climbing up <laughs> um and then later that night that afternoon we went back to grids um and then that afternoon or evening <laughs> Justin broke the news that we found we, were, we found a bunch of karaoke places because karaoke is massive in Japan. So in our area, we weren't going to have any trouble finding karaoke places. There were like two on the, the street that we were on that we were g- going to go to. So Justin broke the news that we were planning on having a karaoke night. And so everybody lashed onto the idea. And then when we go down to the lobby, everybody is congregating and they're all talking about it. Like, oh, what are you going to go sing at karaoke? Oh, what time are we going to go at karaoke? What are we going to do? Karaoke, karaoke. And then Justin and I are looking at each other and we're like, yes, this is going to be good. Everybody's on board, you know. And we went to this little area. We went to this street and same situation. We're like, go get dinner and go do whatever you want. Come back at this time. Um, the We didn't, there was a street behind us that we could go to or like, we couldn't because it was right there and everybody could see it and it was just within walking distance but they told us specifically not to go there because I saw the tour guide lean over to one of the chaperones she was like 
there's some risque stuff going on there and so the girl that justin and i were hanging out with was like let's go i need to find out what's over over there another sex like, motel it's probably like a strip club or something or like another love hotel yeah love hotel, like, she right. just wouldn't let it go so and we we couldn't leave her alone because you know can't leave people alone so justin and i had to go with her and we got some takoyaki which i tried and i did not like so i just gave david or justin all my takoyaki and we're walking through this street just the three of us just three random american teenagers on our own in this weird street in osaka osaka was the city that felt the most like dingy or grungy i want to say it was the most rapey city yeah <laughs> that's the blunt way of putting it that was the word i was looking for <laughs> uh when we we did see uh some strip club looking place and we're like there there it is you see it are you happy can we go back now i don't want to miss karaoke you're holding us up for this so we went to the karaoke place was like towards the left of the street that we were on and we ended up having to rent out this big room for like 10 of us um and other people went to like their own sort of group um that was like a much smaller group of five people um but the bigger group was the one that i was in and uh, justin david me bunch of girls nathan i think was there and this was by far my favorite part of the night because it was just so much fun uh we rented it out they had a menu of like drinks and food you could get and they had an alcohol menu and there were a bunch of girls that were like oh my god we should order alcohol we should get that because the age of drinking was like 17 or 16 or something in japan and we're like uh, i don't know about that so we just never really did that they send you home yeah yeah I, I mean, yeah. they would because we were leaving tomorrow. So what's you know? <laughs> yeah, but you'd be going home to your parents saying you did what? Yeah, you know, it was legal. Just, yeah, not illegal there, but like you know, well, morally wrong. You know. Mm. Um. Yeah, we we didn't do that, so we're fine. <clears throat> um. The girls were going up singing stuff like Taylor Swift and Part of Your World from Little Mermaid. <laughs> and they were doing that thing where they weren't really singing, but they're just like screaming the lyrics. And then they're like, ah, they're like laughing when they get the lyrics <laughs> wrong. And we're just like, this is just and I are looking over at each other and we're just like, this is exactly what we came here for. <laughs> like, this is hilarious. Um, but I was there because I actually wanted to sing. Uh, Justin did not. Of all the things that he was comfortable doing, he was comfortable with climbing on the side of a building, but he was not comfortable with singing. Hmm. So, you know, whatever floats his boat, I guess. But he was more content with being, like, the DJ, pretty much, of the night. And it was weird because we had this tablet that one person could control all the music on that was kind of, like, malfunctioning here and there. Um, and the microphones were kind of weird. Like, they didn't fully work. But we were in a room so small that, like, it didn't really matter. Like, it mattered because everybody was super loud to, like, an ear-piercing degree. But, you know, everybody can hear you well enough, pretty much. Um, but everybody else was singing some interesting songs. Matthew and his sister went up and sang Fuck the Police. 
Um, there was this one girl with an Asian girl with blue hair, um, and she sang "Killing Me Softly," which was actually she actually did a pretty good job. She was pretty nervous, and you could hear it in her voice. But she did a really cool, really cool job, and everybody in the crowd was like singing the backup vocals of the guy. So that was fun. And then David sang "Sunflower" from Into the Spider Verse. And he was doing this kind of thing where, like, it was not necessarily singing; it was talking, but like in a different pitch of voice. It's like sing talking, kind of. Yeah. It was fun to see. Um, but then it was my turn to go up, and I sang "Mayonnaise" from Siamese Dream. How did I know that was the song that you picked? That exact song? Yeah. Dude, I literally thought mayonnaise. And then you said it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, because everybody was singing these random songs, and they were they were singing them okay, and they were like, "Ah, this is fun." I come up here, I sing this song. They don't even know most of them, and then I'm just singing my heart out, and they're like, "Holy shit!" And then you, you can hear David screaming, "Yes, yes, that is sauce. That is sauce." And then everybody's looking at him like. What the fuck are you talking about? What is sauce? <laughs> but I know what he means, and I'm just kind of like, oh, thank you. Yeah, that's great when you nail it and everybody knows it, even though they don't know the song. That's when yeah. you know you really nailed it is when people who don't know the song are like, whoa. Yeah. Not only that, but I did a second song. I sang Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead. That's a tough one. I've done that one once. That is a tough one to carry. That's. I think that's my favorite one to sing because that was the first time I ever sang it and ever since then I've just been it was always one of my favorite songs it was my favorite Radiohead song mm -hmm. but singing that in a crowd of people kind of changed my perspective on that song and oh yeah almost kind of on life in general a little bit it's a very difficult song to capture well I did that once for for karaoke and I was about halfway through it and I was like man can I finish this <laughs> I did it and it was a big moment for me. Yeah. It was just like so much emotion was packed into that. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of mad at them for not taking any videos of that because like yeah. I put a lot of effort into that. I kind of wanted to see the result of that. Yeah. But, you know, it's lost to time, I guess. Uh, it's a, <laughs> still an experience, you know, like that's the yeah. most important thing is that you just had this amazing experience you know no photos no stories can really do it justice yeah like, like i think if i remember right after i finished fake plastic trees i think david actually hugged me he was like dude that was amazing you did great you killed it and then he like he like dapped me up after mayonnaise like that was mayonnaise was a much more hyping up song mm -hmm. and then fake plastic trees was like that was the last song of the night i kind of finished it out with that and I don't think I could have picked a better song to end the night with. You know, that's it. Let me ask really you a question. Song. When you're when you're doing karaoke, because I, I have a way of doing karaoke. When you're doing karaoke, are you more trying to emulate the singer's voice or are you doing oh, it? No. In your, okay. I could never do what Billy Corgan could do or Tom York could do. So and I know that. Mm -hmm. So I just do what I can do. You make it your I, own. I make it my own because, yeah, because yeah. these songs all mean something important to me specifically. Yeah. So I try my best to portray what they mean to me and just show myself in the way that these songs kind of help me mm -hmm. feel like myself. 
Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They help define who you are right now. And probably to some degree, you'll always look back and say, this was some of those things that helped define me. And because I, I think a good song, like like with good lyrics and a good sort of style to it, if it, if it clicks with you, it's doing so because it it it's saying what you've been trying to articulate all along but didn't know how yeah you know and, and then sort of... i'm also under the impression of if it sounds good then it is good yeah but it's more so just the memories that i associate with that song mm -hmm. and the point in my life that i listened to that song during yeah. yeah and just those two songs really encapsulate the period of my life that i'm living through now mm -hmm. so and they're two of my favorite songs at this moment, so I knew I had to sing them, regardless of if they're like good karaoke singers or easy karaoke songs to sing or not. I'm not gonna sing like some easy karaoke song or song that everybody knows. Like you can sing some funny song like "Oh, sing the Bee Gees," sing "Staying <laughs> Alive," or sing uh, I don't know. I can do Fleetwood Mac. That's something I would like to do. But but you know, if I'm gonna sing karaoke, I'm I'm gonna sing something that I want to sing, and yeah. typically what I want to sing is more obscure and out there mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, you know? I, I have my big problem with with karaoke is I often can't find what I want to sing because they don't even have the band I want. Although uh, I was kind of surprised when they had mayonnaise there. Like, really? That's on there? I do a mean impersonation of uh, the guy from uh, the B fifty, the, not the B fifty twos. When you're doing songs like that, you kind of have to imitate the voice because, like, it's kind of yeah. nothing without that voice. Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Uh, get in my Christ, Lord, it's as big as a whale. That's about the dude from the B-52. It is the B-52. Yeah, yeah. So we would do that song and I'd be it like. It wasn't a rock. It was a, a rock, rock lobster. lobster. Yeah, exactly. You got to perform. You can't just with a guy like that. Yeah, and with Staying Alive, I actually did have like a karaoke night with my parents mm -hmm. after I told them about that. And I did sing Fake Plastic Trees again, but they made me sing Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. And I'm like, this is one of those situations where you can have fun with it, but like, it's not me. Yeah. I'm not singing a song that's real. It doesn't feel yeah. genuine. It's more of like a party trick. And I, I did the my imitation of the Bee Gees, which is horrible. And that kind of like, I was like, you can tell me you like it felt more like a joke and when it feels more like a joke then it loses the impact and kind of the fun of it yeah know? yeah yeah i can't do it either holy shit that was terrible my, <laughs> my voice just broke um next time we hang out ben we're going to karaoke for sure no doubt about it say less i would love that um yeah that was i, I mentioned earlier about how the trip felt like a John Hughes movie or like a teen movie. And that moment really felt like the climactic scene of mm -hmm. some teen movie where the kid really finds himself. Yeah. And I'm not trying to think this is like, it was a magical moment for me and it was my trip. But like, no, like it kind of was that, but it was mostly just because of the people that I was with. And it was mm -hmm. a big moment for me because of those people. Like, yeah, they're, there's a thing where like people are like you can't become friends that quickly but when you're when you're a teenager like i saw a, a video about it was like a review of the power rangers movie that came out in 2017 that was fucking awful and one thing he commented <laughs> on was these kids are becoming friends way too quickly you cannot be because there's a scene at the end where one of the kids is like i love you guys 
you guys are my best friends. Like you have, you've only known each other for like three days. How can you be this good of friends? And I'm like, you are really underestimating a teenager's ability to form friendships because yeah, yes, you can, you can become friends with that, those people in that amount of time. And for 10 days, you start to become like family. Oh, I get it, man. I totally get it. I have to admit, I think about all those people a lot and I really miss all of them. Well, you'll see him again. I mean, I hope so. You, you will. You will. There's a lot of people that I've met in my life that I've only met once and I've always wanted to see again. But like there was one person in particular that I met at a wedding party that kind of changed my white, changed my life in a way that they may never know because there's a chance that I'm never going to see them again in my life. Yeah. And if I did, I don't know how I would talk to them again because i was so different back then i was a kid and i was a dumb kid at that i acted so stupid and like a loser in front of them but you know i think it, i it, think you're being like, too do hard I, do on I yourself admit but... that i was that person or do i kind of reinvent myself and i like oh i'm just some other random guy that you've never met even though i totally know it's you mm-hmm. yeah that it's been six years since then i always think about that person um but that this is another situation not on that level that that person i'm talking about is story for another time but on a level like far above that Mm -hmm. but these people are still it's one of those situations where you form such a close connection with these specific people and the idea that you may never see these people again is a really tough pill to swallow yeah yeah and one that you'd never really realize and you're always like we're gonna see each other again we're gonna have plans to hang out here and there but those plans never happen so yeah really tough that is unfortunate but that is something that does happen i've had that happen many times i mm-hmm. uh, i'd love to be in touch with some of the guys i was in the army with but hell they're hell half of them are probably dead by now knowing that's the kind of lifestyle. That's a really scary thing to think about because two yeah. of my best friends right now are talking about going to the military my friend ryan wants to go into the military not like fighting but as like a tech guy or a like a weapons engineer or something like that mm-hmm. but we all know you go in the the army you're gonna end up fighting somehow and then my other friend who's also named ryan wants to go into the air force and every time i hear them talk about that i'm like uh why no don't do it because the idea of losing them just like yeah it's too yeah. hard well hey we should wrap up yeah i have a couple more little bits to get to um, we finished karaoke. I wanted to sing one more song, but we didn't get a chance to, so we had to run back because we were running out of time. We ran back to the hotel. Like, we, our curfew was at ten, and we got there like precisely at ten, so perfect timing. Um, we got back to our hotel rooms, and Justin and I were hanging out in our hotel room, and I decided to sing the one song that I didn't get to sing that I wanted to sing to him, and that was "Tonight Tonight" from Melancholy. Um, and he, he was the only one listening to it, but he clapped for me (laughs) and, you know, just even for one person to hear that meant a lot to me. That's awesome that you felt comfortable to do that. Yeah. It it just really like, it it, it was just fun for me too. And with a person like that, that you form that kind of bond with, like, I think my mentality was, I don't know how these people are going to remember me, but I only have one more night with these people. I want them to remember me for something and for something mm-hmm. good. So I made it for that. Yeah. And then that night they were all hanging out, staying up late again, 
um, playing like truth or dare or just talking about random stuff. And then our tour guide came up and they're like, you guys are being really loud, but I just want to say, just, just quiet down, but I'm really glad I got to see all of you and meet all of you. And we're like, thank you, Shiori, we love you. And then she went to bed and then a bunch of Japanese people from the hotel were walking past and they were just kind of like, they were probably really mad at us for being loud. I came out for a little bit, just kind of like surround myself with people for a little bit before heading in and listening to music by myself and going to bed. Next morning, um, before we got in the bus to the airport, Justin and I went back to round one to hang out in the arcade for a little bit, and we did manage to play each other in Street Fighter. And I played Last Survivor one last time, and I think that was the last official thing that we did in Japan before we got on the bus, and we drove to the bullet train station that took us to the airport. Um, and I don't remember how it We got to the airport at like 5 p.m., and it took us a really long time to get on the actual plane. It took us like two hours. By the time we got there, it was night already. And we flew back, and it was pretty much night for the whole plane ride, but it was June 15th at night when we got on the plane, and then when we landed, it was June 15th in the morning, California time. <laughs> so I was like, shit, time travel's real. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. Um, and we, we got home. I got to say very brief goodbyes. Looking back, not the goodbyes that I would have wanted to say, but you know i'm just glad i got to see them one last time yeah you know yeah and uh you know my mom came to pick me up saw justin one last time saw david one last time and then got in the car talked to my mom and my dad about how it went my dad was on the phone listening to us and yeah that was it i stayed up for like 15 hours that day and i just crashed at night until like 3.45 p.m. the next afternoon. Hmm. So, yeah, just so much sleep that evaded me that whole trip that <laughs> I caught up in that one night and yeah. the ensuing nights. Just, yeah, jet lag's real. Yeah, yeah, it is. Especially when you're having a peak experience and you're not sleeping as much because you don't want to miss out on anything. And then you hit that wall yeah. at the way home and you're like, I can yeah. rest Yeah, just like, God, it's over. I can yeah. finally rest. Yeah. But yeah, that is the entirety of my Japan trip. That was really fucking amazing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it was probably the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. And that I you do got it again the, in a second. I'm glad that you got the chance to do all this. It sounds like you really got to learn a lot about yourself, learn a lot about the world and made some amazing friends that you'll probably know for the rest of your life. I mean, you can keep in touch. You might not, you don't, well, maybe you might, you might don't discount it just because you're not, if I see, I, cause I want to see them again, but it all depends on if and when. You know? Well, sure, but what I mean is that you're in a world where technology allows you to be in touch with anyone anywhere at any time. So you might not yeah. hang out, but you can keep in touch for years. And hey, you know what? Yeah. I tried to get Justin on Discord and I invited my server, but he's never on um, the WhatsApp thing. We had a WhatsApp chat that we communicated on for most of the trip. And then months later, like about a month or half a month ago, I texted them the group chat, asked them to hang out, and 
Nathan was the only one responding. He's like, yeah, let's hang out. And then nothing happened after that. So I don't even know <laughs> if anybody is even still in that chat anymore or if they even have WhatsApp downloaded anymore. So, yeah. I have had a dream one time about seeing them again. You're on, you're going to some random, another tour to some random place. I don't even know if it was another country or was in America still, but for some reason, a lot of my actual friend group was there, but then the people from the Japan trip, like David and Justin were there. And I saw David and he was like, Ben. And I was like, David. And we like hugged each other. We're like, I haven't seen you so long. And you know, and you wake up and it's like, oh, they're they're gone. Yeah, I have dreams like that all the time about people that I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, it makes you sad. You know, guys, I loved hearing all about Japan and the intricacies of this journey. But I just looked at the time and we are out of time. So that is going to have to be a story for another time if there's more. Well, I don't think there is. I've said pretty much all I want to say. <laughs> I got pretty emotional during the last part, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you like the jet lag that you may be experiencing right now from such a quick journey through the country of Japan and the flight back to California. All the while having a pre-life crisis afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.